Knowledge, give you that FF goo like only your boys here can do. Uh, we are calling this show Having a Good Time in Week 9. And as usual, we're back together after about two, two weeks apart. As usual, left of me, I got Houdini. I got Stag Party across the way. I'm D Rex. We are Pyromaniac.com and we're excited after kind of a um, some some happy action happening in the trade world before the trade deadline today. I think some good stuff happened. It wasn't NBA crazy, but um, we will uh, talk about that a little bit. Start out the show, try not to go ad nauseum on that, and then we're going to get into, obviously, the Week 9 games. Of importance, bye weeks. Our Chicago Bears are on bye. The Cleveland Browns are on bye. Los Angeles Chargers are on bye. Minnesota Vikings um, New England Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So there will only be 13 games that we'll be covering today. What's up, Smellas? What up? How's it going, man? Nice to actually see everybody in the same room. I don't have to be talking to a screen without even having the benefit of Skype to even see what the other person is doing on the other end. It's true. I have, it's true. I, have, I have concerns about what Stag Party might have been doing on the other end, you know, but... Yeah, I, that, that's, that happened a couple times last week, Sean. Like, I think Stag Party even said it. He's like, I love doing my podcast and naked or something <laughs> from the waist down. Um, yeah, so crazy stuff <laughs> happening over the past couple days, obviously. Um, what do you guys uh, think fantasy relevance-wise? Uh, I guess we'll start with the first news that happened uh, yesterday, I suppose, um, and that's the Garoppolo to San Francisco trade. Uh, what do you guys think about this thing for the Niners? and uh, it, Bold move, right? I mean, you're, you're making a decision to finally do something, and at this point in time it also uh, becomes clear as they've had these uh, – a different myriad of quarterbacks that have played underneath Tom Brady that, okay, well, Brady's going to play at least probably for another year. So, you know what? <laughs> Let's get what we can for him, and they're going to get a high second-round pick for him. Uh, and at, at this point in time, for San Francisco, the Hoyer experience did not work. You're seeing what you have in C.J. Bathard. I could have told you that he was never going to be anything more than being able to hold a clipboard most likely as a third quarterback, so I couldn't believe that he was starting. So it's an opportunity. What does he really have there? Well, you know, you're working with Shanahan and you have those type of things that are working for you. So, look, 
if, if they if they actually start spending their draft picks, they, they spent a lot of them on defense uh, this last year. If they start adding them to the offense and trying to give him actual weapons uh, to use, then it could be good for San Francisco. I'm doing well. You know, I just had to get in here a couple minutes late. Uh, you know, finally start submitting this trade uh, like the Browns did. So now now I'm here. I'm ready. Just a few minutes late. Um, but on the, on the real side, for Garoppolo, you know... Stag stick. I love it. It's great for Jimmy Garoppolo. He's finally going to get a starting nod. It might not be this week, but, you know, soon enough here, they'll have a bye week, and they should be able to get him inserted by week 12. Uh, maybe even week 11, you know, week 10, he could be the starter. Um, right now, it's going to be a tough transition for him. They're saying that C.J. Beathard is going to be the signal caller here week, yeah. on Sunday. So, you know, you get to see a great Drew Stanton and C.J. Beathard matchup. But oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> but you might have Garoppolo with the set of plays in the second half. Uh, maybe he comes out and plays a little bit uh, without the full game plan, but just a couple set of plays that he might know. No, what will happen is what happened to, to C.J. Beathard when he was in Iowa, and he'll try to run and scramble. He's going to pull a hamstring, and then you're going to get Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I'm, I'm not doubting that either. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Beathard's bad. I can't believe they spent a third-round pick on him. Uh, we can go back and look at that one and you know chalk that up as an L already. But now you're trying to spend you a second. From day one. You're trying to spend a second round pick on Jimmy Garoppolo, but you're getting eight games of him at a low salary, and, and then you're going to have to you know fork over either twenty million, eighteen million dollars a year, Mike Glennon type money for the next four or five years if you want him on a long term deal, or you're slapping that franchise tag on him for fifteen mil. So who is he? Is he going to end up being? The Brett Favre, who was kicked around, you know, behind uh, in Atlanta and then moved over and had to work his way to get up in, in Green Bay. Or is he going to end up being the Scott Mitchell? Or is he going to end up being the Rob Johnson? You know, the guys that flashed in, like, two or three games and then they got paid the big dough and you went, oh. He stayed on the same team, but I think... Uh, we're talking about uh, Garoppolo still, right? Yeah. Okay, I think he's, he, he's staying out. He's, he got moved, obviously. It's not like Aaron Rodgers, and I don't think he's going to be Aaron Rodgers level good, but hopefully that tutelage... I'll say Brett Favre, who got moved from Atlanta, and then... No, 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 I don't, I don't. But I'm saying that the tutelage that, that, that like, Aaron, Aaron was able to get from Favre, I think that he... Um, that Jimmy was able to get from Tom Brady, hopefully... Uh, you know that'll that'll pay off for him. Obviously, Shanahan and um, and Lynch said they've done their due diligence. They tried to make a move for him in the summer before the league, but uh, Bell, Bill was just like you know held out, held out, held out until the time was right. Um, so they just like this guy. We'll see what we'll see what happens. He's got the body, he's got the arm, he's a good athlete. Um, you know now it's now it's time to cash your check, you know, it's time to earn your paycheck and see if you can turn around and be a, a franchise quarterback, which is, as we know, there's probably more of them right now than there ever has been in the NFL, but it's still... Well, there's more start, decent starting quarterbacks. We don't know how many of these guys True. are truly franchise quarterbacks yet. True. Yeah. But Garoppolo, we do have some advantages. He's going to a system with the smart offensive you know, mind in Kyle Shanahan. He's shown that he can make uh, you know, a lot of different players successful in fantasy. And now, you know, we saw what Matt Ryan was able to do. We saw the, you know, backtrack that he's sort of taken the season. But now we get to see another mobile quarterback in this sort of bootleg system. 
So that's a great fit. Scheme-wise, like, it's hard to see Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, not being one of the better fits out there, even when you compare it to, like, a guy like Kirk Cousins, who might be more accomplished. But, you know, Garoppolo's got that accuracy. He can move, you know, on the bootlegs and on the fakes. He can do all the different things that, you know, Shanahan likes to see from his quarterbacks. So that's the exciting part is the scheme fit is, you know, pristine. Mm-hmm. So, one trade that didn't happen, Martavis Bryant didn't get traded. Uh, Steelers kept on to him. Uh, that's a bummer for Martavis Bryant owners out there, although, and Juju owners, to be honest, because they're going to continue Not to as much it. for Juju, because I, it, this is one of those ones, after that performance that he gave, I, I, it, it's almost a death sentence for Bryant right now, at least for the next couple weeks. They, they must have not been getting many, much much as a way, in way of uh, uh, offers yeah. from him. Well, for him. let's remember that they're also on a bye this week. They said he's going to be part of the Week 10 game plan. But Martella, or, uh, Martavis Bryant's had monster games like that before in his career. Those are well in his range, but now you're sort of going to be splitting up targets between both of them. I agree. So I do think you know the Juju upside is now capped a little bit when he looked like he could be the number two, but now he's going to have to you know potentially share some snaps and kick into the slot a little bit like he had been. Um, but... Yeah, we can talk about that one a little bit later next week. Okay, fair enough. Uh, then another trade that happened right at the deadline today. Calvin Benjamin to the Bills. That one surprised me. So what, what's, well, let's, the, let's say, what's the upside? Let's, 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 let's oh, save that talk? one for last okay. because the Bills are the first game on, okay. on Thursday night. Fair so. yeah, yeah, but fair let's, let's go to the other big news. Jay Ajayi yeah. uh, gets traded to the Eagles. So the Eagles... Now with a loaded backfield, and only what they only cost them a what a fourth round fourth pick, round pick. conditional fourth. Oof. So I, I I think it's great for Philadelphia. I don't know what this really means for for a Jai. I think it, it you're now into the cluster. I think what it does is it it probably really puts a damper on Legarrette Blunt for anything that he was doing. And a Jai is not really that much of a that receiving type guy. So I think Smallwood still has a chance to to have his role there, but. Yeah, not gonna get he's not going to get 25 carries. Yeah, it, hurt, it hurts them, and they're also... They do have a good balance run pass attack over there. I think they run 48% of the time or something on the Eagles. But I don't think you can think it's it's a great thing for JHI. Uh, I mean, unless, unless all of a sudden, right away, they start feeding him or when he gets the nose to playbook, which is one of the reasons why they got shipped out of the Dolphins. All the stuff that Adam Gase was saying after their loss uh, last Thursday about players needing to do their homework and bring this stuff home with them, it sounds like, and what you're reading today, it's a lot of it's pointed at JHI. It's like this guy is just not putting in the effort. Yeah, there are those points, but then there's the flip side. He goes to a much better offense with much more TD potential, which is something he hasn't done at all this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's a much more effective shotgun runner than Legarrette Blunt. This is a team that runs, you know, primarily out of shotgun sets, sixty-seven percent of the time. So now you're you have a little bit more adaptability to your offense when he's back there. He's also a pretty damn good pass protector. Yeah. Um, that's something that Wendell Smallwood has struggled with, and Garrett Blunt doesn't bring the threat as a receiver. So then you know that they're probably going to run it when he's in the game. So all those things bring more versatility to the offense and make you even more dangerous. JHI is an accomplished pass catcher from college. He just hasn't shown it in that Miami scheme. Yeah. Now we get to see him working with the creative Doug Peterson, and we get to see how that works out. So. There are some positives to this trade, while his workload might be the negative. 
Uh, and predicting his workload on a weekly basis is also the negative. Yeah. Uh, especially, you know, right now for this week, mm-hmm. when they say LeGarrette Blunt's, you know, still our starting running back, J.H.I. is just adding to this backfield group. That's not exactly the news you wanted to hear, but well, it but is going to take when, him a few weeks to get more and more integrated. But if you're a J.H.I. owner, you've already been through the rigors, you've already had the bye week, you're going to have a second bye week, and you're probably already struggling because he hasn't scored a touchdown and hasn't had real big rushing performances yet this season. Right, and the other difference is that he's coming to a team in Philadelphia who's 7-1. and one. So they've got everything going in the right direction. It's not like when Adrian Peterson went to the Cardinals who were kind of floundering for anything that they can get as an identity. Philadelphia already has it, so they're not needing a guy to come in. And they, the last thing you want is not knowing the playbook, not being in the right spot for a blocking assignment, and getting Wentz exposed to a big hit. So uh, I, I agree he'll be eased into it, but I think, you know, give him, give him two weeks and it's going to be uh, – I mean, after this week he'll be fine. So. Do you think uh, Dwayne Brown, obviously not a skilled player, but is that going to help out? He's um... one of the best left tackles in the league, and going from probably the worst starting left tackle in the league up to Dwayne Brown's a major, major upgrade. I like Russell Wilson's a genius. He got six million extra dollars right now uh, and got a left tackle. What, what can't you like about that? <laughs> there you go. Um, nice. All right. Well, cool. Let's uh, Calvin Benjamin. We'll we'll talk about Benjamin as uh, right now, and then we'll go into that Bills game. Calvin Benjamin. I mean, what, what was the reason? Why do you think, from the Panthers' standpoint, what do they have there? Does this mean a major uptick for uh, uptick for Curtis Samuel's, or what do they think? Curtis Samuel, and I think they know that they want their wide receiver, their sort of receptions to go through Christian McCaffrey. I think they want to get Curtis Samuel more involved, and I think they know that they have a similar type player in Devin Funches. So you know, case of recurring assets. I don't know why you did it in the first place. But now you've sort of got that solid asset. Uh, plus, you look at when they had their major Super Bowl run, Kelvin Benjamin was out of the season with an ACL injury. They know that their offense can function without him. Hmm. Now they Good just point. need to get all these other guys involved because Curtis Samuel, if he's the outside receiver there, maybe he could fill that Ted Ginn role with his speed. This is a guy with great vertical speed. Uh, and, and it's something their offense has been lacking. They've really been a short underneath passing style attack, which is different than Cam Newton's been accustomed to in the past. Yeah, well, think about it, too, because the way that they were constructed, right, when you had to have Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches on the field at the same time, where is that freedom for McCaffrey really to, to be able to roam? Because those two guys are really not, you know, either drawing the coverage super down deep and making the safety have to commit. So now you bring Samuel in there, who has a lot more dynamicism, and he's able to do more things in the offense. Now you can just have your one stalwart on the outside and Funches. Now it allows you to actually play with the parts that you have Hopefully in a lot more effective way. Hopefully this ends up being one of those things, not only is it good for Samuel and he becomes uh, maybe to, to get low-end fantasy relevance, but hopefully it really is the spur that they need to get McCaffrey in more open space and better situations. Yeah. Uh, we'll see with McCaffrey. Uh, we'll talk about that a little later. Yep. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, let's go to the Bills. They're going to be at New York uh, on Thursday night. We did our show a week later, uh, a day later last week, so I almost said tomorrow. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think in this one? Obviously, the Bills re- retooling, we're um, trying to get some sort of uh, weaponry there at the wide receiver position. What are your thoughts on this offense? So this they, 
this is LaShawn McDermott and Brandon Bean. The years are both Carolina guys. Uh, they just came over from Carolina, you know, in the offseason, sent a third and a seventh round pick for Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, now is the question is how does he fit? Before last week, on the season, uh, Buffalo Bills wide receivers had had 30 catches. At the same point last week, Kelvin Benjamin had 29 receptions by himself. Uh, they had a little bit of an offensive explosion last week at the wide receiver position, catching 15 passes, which really isn't an explosion at all. I'm just being sarcastic. Um, when your it, top receiver is Andre Holmes, we know what we're talking about. Jeez. But, yeah, I mean, he provides a different level of versatility. And also, Kelvin Benjamin's a great run blocker. Uh, so you get that added dimension on the outside. He's basically a tight end out there, and without Charles Clay, he can run a variety of those same routes that Tyrod Taylor really likes to throw. For Kelvin Benjamin's fantasy prospects, though, you've got to look at it you know, with the skeptical eye. He takes a little bit of a downgrade. He's going from a, a bad passing offense to a worse one. Uh, the Carolina Panthers completing... 21 passes a game uh, on average. And the uh, the Buffalo Bills, they're completing under 18 passes a game. <laughs> so you're not getting an uptick in volume. Most of those have been going to McCoy. Yeah, you're yeah, not right. You're not getting they're an up. 36% of their yards uh, through the air have been gained by wide receivers. That is the lowest number in the NFL. So you're looking at the fit, and it's questionable. But he does provide a red zone presence that they've lacked, uh, and, and that's the good part. Is And now he gets a 17th game, so if you look at it now, pro rating for 17 games instead of 16 games, Kelvin Benjamin's on pace for a 1,000-yard season. Nice. Lucky man, lucky man. No, no, no. Well, maybe not lucky. Would you, would you want to play all games, or would you want a bye week if you were a player? Does you he know make what, more if, money? If you, if you, I mean, if you, if, I, I'm going to doubt it. Does it pay you more money? Because you get game checks. That's a good question. I don't know. Maybe. That'd be sweet. He's loving it. By the way, I love the hat. Costa Rica, baby. Yeah, Pura Vida, baby. Yeah, Imperial. I love that stuff. Um, all right, well, let's let's see what happens. You know, I think it's going to be interesting. you got to think, be thinking the Thai God's happy that he's got him. Uh, what, what do you think it goes on with the uh, running back situation in uh, Tyrod Taylor? I mean... Let's just go back to Kelvin Benjamin real quick okay. because this is a quick turnaround. You just joined the team on Tuesday. You're not even there. So you're really joining the team on you know, walkthrough Wednesday, and then you got a game Thursday. Are you even active for this week? Uh, maybe he doesn't even get to those 17 games because yeah, that's such a quick turnaround for him. How is he going to know anything? And you know, maybe you throw you know three, four, or five plays his way in, in the red zone fades and or you know go go get him routes go up and you know be a go up and get a guy. But th- you know the overall aspect for this week isn't encouraging. No, and he's he's like a tough tough start. No, he's he, he should probably not start him unless you have uh, you know two or three of your wide receivers on by. Because even then, I don't think I would. Right, because you're coming in now with. A day, and you're only going to have a walkthrough. They're not even going to do anything. So, what are you going to learn? There's only going to have to say is when you come out, you're either going to be running a fly, a post, or a flag, yeah. or a stop. But maybe, maybe. They, they might install yeah. fucking hand signals for them. Well, they might. Well, they might. <laughs> yeah. um, I like it. Well, let's uh, let's go to the other guys. Obviously, um, Lashawn McCoy coming off a huge week, kind of getting hot. Love Lashawn McCoy this week. He should be in your lineup. Ty God. 
Yeah, Kelvin Benjamin's a boost for him. He provides you know, touchdown upside that they've severely lacked. So now he has more touchdown upside than he's had before. Hopefully, uh, he gets his running game going a little bit more though than he than he has as of late. But I mean, that that's what he's going to do. Right now, you're lacking everything, um, and the the run game has really been there for them. And you know, giving it to Lashawn McCoy, that just opens up more and more room for Tyrod Taylor to operate. So uh, I'm liking Tyrod's prospects for the rest of the season. You know, this week. Uh, I don't know if he gets a boost. He's probably in the exact same spot as he was. Uh, I'm, I'm not changing a projection for him. You know, the rest of the guys, we don't know if he's going to be in or out, but you can't trust anybody at wide receiver. And, you know, tight end, I, it's doubtful Charles Clay is back in this lineup. Uh, with a Thursday night game, so with another 10-day break, maybe then. Well, yeah, and so what? That's Nick O'Leary. So, you know, between Nick Logan o- Thomas, Logan Thomas. Okay, <laughs> between those guys, between Jordan Matthews, between Andre Holmes, um, Zay Jones, who finally seemed to, to put a little bit more together. The problem here is that if you're going to play any of these guys, what's the what's the percentage of the pie that they're going to get of target share? Then, what's the amount of targets that they're going to get? And when the quarterback's only throwing from anywhere from 150 to a maximum of about 220 yards in a game, how many yards can you really get? And there's usually only about one opportunity for a touchdown per game. So It's not good, Bob. You don't want any of those. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take what's in the box, uh, Monty. <laughs> um, nice, buddy. Uh, all right, so I think we can move over to the Jets. How about it? J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets! Um, this one's for you, PK Rips. Um, the Jets seem to give away games, uh, but you know what? Uh, McCown's n- not playing terribly. Uh, do you think he can do something, or is just the Bills defense just too too dynamic and going to crush this team? The Bills defense is pretty good. I don't think they're balls to the wall like they played the first four weeks. Uh, and now, you know, you trade Marcel Darius. Uh, you know, who's also another deadline deal that happened, you know, what, beginning of the week or last week? Mm-hmm. Um, he got dealt to the Jaguars who were on by. So now you're looking at it, and it, it's not a great defense. They can get pressure, but, you know, they're playing a rookie corner to shadow top receivers. Uh, that's proven a little bit problematic, even though he is very good in Tredavious White. Uh, other than that, like, they don't scare you, but it is the Jets. It is on Thursday night. Uh, McCown has provided you know QB six, QB nine, and QB uh, eight value over the last three weeks. He scored more than Tom, um, Drew Brees each of those weeks. Uh, he's providing upside because their two best players in the backfield are better at catching passes than they are and as rushers. <laughs> And not only that, the other thing that you have to remember about Josh McCown, what does he like to do? He does like to take shots downfield. And it seems like it's taken a, it took about six weeks for the chemistry to really start coming through. And he's still not getting a heavy target here, but Robbie Anderson is starting to show you more. And he's that downfield target threat that, they, that he likes to throw the ball to. So he caught six of six targets, um, which actually I think that led the team. Um, in, oh, no, no. Uh, of course, it was Matt Forte led the team in targets, but <laughs> but 104 yards and he got in the end zone. So um, and as long was like 32 yards. So these were like all pretty decent long catches, you know. So he's their downfield threat. Yeah, Robbie Anderson is 24th in the league in targets right now. 
He should be taken more seriously. He's got 435 receiving yards, and he has three touchdowns. So he's providing, they're using him in the red zone, and they're using him on shot plays. So sort of all the things you like from a receiver, Robbie Anderson's providing. It's just, you know, I've been playing him all season in a deep, deep league. And it's been, you know, pretty Pretty fruitful. Pretty fruitful. It's been pretty fruitful, yeah. You've, you've had maybe like uh, after the first two weeks, which were slow, where it was like 22 and 28 yards, he had one bad week uh, at 16 yards, but then he's given you 95 and, and a touchdown, uh, 59 yards, 76 yards in the last two weeks, 35 yards and a touchdown, and 104 and a touchdown. So. Yeah. He's given you, a, you know, playable weeks, which is more than you can say for a lot of receivers right now. So, I and like, he's given you more playable weeks than like Jermaine Curse and these other guys that are on the same team. And Jer- Jeremy Curley is expected to be suspended with the substance abuse uh, sort of violation by the league, so you're going to be without him. That means more targets, you know, potentially to flow Robbie Anderson's way. ASJ is locked in as a top ten tight end right now. He's getting volume in the passing game and you know in the red zone where he's converting on a lot of these looks using his size. So I like him, uh, especially against the Bills, where they really struggle to cover against opposing, you know, tight ends. Their linebacking core is, you know, sort of crap. Their safeties, you know, outside of Micah Hyde, struggle in coverage. The way to attack the Bills so far this season has been via the tight ends, and they've allowed 484 yards in just seven games. So... I like ASJ this week. They have allowed, you know, they did allow those two long ones to O.J. Howard. Um, and other than that, they haven't allowed any other touchdown receptions. But it looks like ASJ is, you know, definitely in play. Uh, Robbie Anderson's in play. And sort of both backs, if you're desperate for, for a flex play, sort of provide you that PPR floor right now. Is this, is this one of the games where Bilal Powell, because he gets more of the, the majority of the running uh, carries, is this a game where he's not going to have another one of these 14 for 33s? Can he actually have, like, where he where he can bust one out, or is this Bill's defense just going to suffocate him? I still don't think Bilal Powell's just any good. So I, I, I'd bet on the Bill's defense, you know, being tough to run against. Uh, this seems more like they're going to have to go on the, the arm of McCown to win this game, and that gives McCown a little bit of fantasy upside. Should we move on to the next matchup? Sure, but before we do, I need to have a Bell Thursday. Hey, your names. Mr. Brown. Mr. White. Mr. Blonde. Mr. Blue. Mr. Orange. Mr. Pink. Why am I Mr. Pink? Because you're a faggot, all right? <laughs> all right. Uh, and let's go to the next matchup. But before we do, actually, let's hear a word from our sponsor. All right, first game on Sunday, November 5th, is the Indianapolis Colts are going down to be at the Houston Texans. Brissett, Jacob Brissett, he was traded for a first-rounder, right? Not a first. You sure? Yeah, pretty sure. No, I don't think it was a first. I think it might have been. No um, chance. <laughs> no way. Have no smoking? shot. Okay. Uh, I, I wish I was smoking right now. Okay. So I Jaco- first. Okay, Jacoby Brissett's been, you know, up and down, but he's not getting much help right now from his receivers. Kamar Aikens averaging like a, a league worst yards per target, uh, dropping passes on the reg. Dante Moncrief has just struggled up and down. 
Um, and they're not targeting T.Y. Hilton with regularity enough that he's making an impact. He was the rumor of trade talk. I was going to say, I thought he might get traded. He was the rumor of trade talk. You know, how's he going to feel about that this week? Um, so you're looking at guys to start here. And, yeah, you do get the benefit of going against a Houston Texans defense that was just gashed by the Seattle Seahawks, was gashed by the long ball uh, by Lockett and Baldwin and, uh, you know, Paul Richardson. So I, I do like T.Y. Hilton in this matchup. Is probably, a you know, one of those Deshaun Jackson-type wide receiver three dart throws. Um, and, you know, looking at the other players, you like Marlon Mack. Uh, with all their sort of def- defensive interior players getting real banged up right now, and Mac now getting viability in the passing game, Frank Gore is going to give you another 50, maybe 70 total yards, maybe a bunny touchdown. But other than that, Jack Doyle is upside. Jack Doyle's locked and loaded. Locked right and this. You know, because when you're looking at it, you, you look at the struggles that Brissett is having completing passes to T.Y. Hilton. It's just targets and you know, the incompletions. And then you look at the balls that he throws to Jack Doyle, and it's like, it's like everything right there. Yeah, man, that was that was a pretty awesome game. He was he was, he was swallowing it up. Now don't expect him to go for twelve and a hundred and what hundred twenty yards or whatever it was uh, yeah. again, but you know. Still, but still the Texans are giving up the six most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. This is a you know Jack Doyle's locked and loaded. And they should obviously because of the way that the Texans play, you're going to be playing from behind. So you know that's where that's where Marlon Mack is. I, I agree because you're going to have to you know, use the guy who you can throw the ball to more, and uh, and Doyle's going to probably get a, a healthy. I bet you gets another double digit target share in this game, especially if they're chasing Watson. Brissett was traded for uh, Dorsett. My, my bad. I don't know. I, 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 he was traded for first. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. There you go. Uh, but you want to know something that's. Uh, that, that's pretty insane is the fact that that I was just reading about was the fact that before they went for JHI, the um, the Eagles went for Gore. So really? they yeah they were trying. They, so well, Gore, remember they tried to sign Gore you know, what two years ago before mm-hmm. he ended up signing on the dotted line in Indy. That's right. And Philadelphia actually thought they had him before they, they did ended right up with what Ryan Matthews. So they they traded for Demarco Murray. They almost went for a Gore. I. I'm glad. Which, which kind of makes it, it more, a little bit of sense, right? Maybe they wanted to have that veteran presence with this team. You know, you have with the, all the running backs that you have. I think they, it ends up being. I think it'll be better for them if they can harness the ability. Oh, we'll talk about the Eagles yeah. are not buy, are they? No, yeah. they're not buy until week ten. Yeah. We'll so we can talk about that later. But I, I do think that it, it'll be to their benefit that it's a giant, not Gord. If they traded Ty Hilton, and I mean, poor luck. Without what? what was, why did they want not want him? Are they? Not, they already gave him big money. Why were they willing to move him? Did they just turn around and rebuild? Uh, it's sort of future cap hits. And, you know, you got a big money quarterback in Andrew Luck. You've got to make changes. You've got to get an offensive line. You've got to you gotta protect him. But he takes so many hits. He's, that's why these guys, when the quarterback makes all this money and it just waters down the rest of your team, it's just not worth it. Good guy. It's worth it because if you don't got a quarterback, you've got to right. On Jacoby Brissett, though, over the last two weeks, uh, they, the uh, Houston Texans have allowed 36 yards to Kevin Hogan rushing and 30 yards to uh, Russell Wilson. So there is some rushing upside to his game, and they did allow two rushing touchdowns against Marcus Mariota earlier this season. So if Jacoby Brissett's going to get it done, 
the, the slow guy who thinks he's fast is going to get it done as a runner. Yeah, I like it. Uh, righty, let's, uh, let's. I think we covered everyone on that. Let's go over to the Texans side of the ball. Wow, they are exciting. Number one, yeah, they, that game was just insane. Uh, that Seattle game was insane. Um, that performance by uh, DeAndre Hopkins moved him into the number one slot for wide receivers on the season, just a tad above um, Antonio Brown in most formats. Um, he's obviously going to keep it up. Broke that that I, in one of my leagues, my bu- a guy ended up winning um, the week by having both. Uh, DeAndre and, and Fuller. It, no, and uh, the quarterback okay, Watson. Watson. Well, the other that's thing, a connection that day. Holy I, shit! I've been so frustrated in one, in one of my leagues. I, I was dire. I needed to get a, a running back, right? And I had just picked up Will Fuller, and uh, I ended up having to trade him. I got Alvin Kamara for him. Not a bad trade, right? But at the same Love time, the, <laughs> the amount of points that I've given up, what Fuller has scored, because mine are like these over 120 yards and long touchdowns, and and Fuller's just been Pounding the points, although uh, I'm excited for Kamara now after a fumble rusty Ingram at the end of that game. <laughs> All right, let's get back to this. Nothing's going to change. All right, well, uh, let's talk about so, uh, I love Deshaun Watson. This guy is insane. It's it, every single week. I mean, I know you're going to have some of the bad mistakes that he makes, but wow, are they letting him do everything on offense? And, and they, they went from being such a vanilla offense last year uh, you know, to being such a dynamic offense. And even with all of the amazingness that Deshaun <laughs> does, Lamar Miller still pretty much sucks. You know, yeah. he got a touchdown, right? But it, what are you, Two touchdowns. Two, but he gave 54 yards on 21 carries. Uh, you know. That offensive line is bad. And, but Watson's just making up for it, you know, using his athleticism, moving around in the pocket, uh, you know, changing the throwing position to where he's not a statue like Tom Savage. Watson's just making up for that offensive line when they really don't have any strength up there. Um, so that's a plus on Watson. But why does this feel like a major letdown spot? Like, you've got these receivers in great spots. You've got Fuller and Hopkins, both with pristine matchups. Watson's got a pristine matchup. The Colts are allowing the most fantasy points pretty much across the board. Uh, so this feels like their great matchup. And those are the ones that are always like, oh, by the way, suck this. Yeah, right. But you end up being like you can't three, to, sit three to three at halftime. You're like, what yeah. the hell? Yeah. You, you can't sit them, but these are the ones that always feel like they're major letdowns because they're all in great spots. <laughs> I agree. Watson on right. the, the division break. game too, so there's that familiarity that you don't necessarily have. So that 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 helps to yep. prove that point. Watson on pace to break the rookie passing TD record uh, by a ton. Uh, Not he's even close. He's on pace for 43. The record's 26. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's on fire. He's what? He's got 17 touchdowns already, or 19? 19. Uh, I, I think, yeah. Peyton Manning uh, in his first seven games had nine touchdowns. So Watson's starting off in uh, in some serious, serious uh, company. Uh, actually, he's in his own company. Well, actually, it's really 21 <laughs> touchdowns if you count his rushing touchdowns too. Yeah. So good point. Yeah, uh, he's on pace to break total ton. So Deshaun Watson's on pace to throw for 3,883 uh, passing yards. 43 touchdowns, 18 interceptions, rushed 82 times for 615 Holy yards, shit. 
and um, 45, uh, uh, 4.5 touchdowns. So that'd be 376 fantasy points. That'd be pretty damn good. That'd be the seventh highest total ever in the history of the NFL. Unbelievable. Question of that again. Not across it. Not for rookies. Not for rookies. No. Yeah. Just like Think the, about it. You get, the you only know. players that have had better. Aaron Rodgers. Drew Brees had one. Peyton Manning's record-breaking season. Tom Brady uh, in his record-breaking season. But that's and it. In some formats, didn't uh, David Johnson last year put up for a I'm talking about QBs. Okay, but e- even then, no, like if you went to PPR, then you could make yeah, a case for QBs it. usually still score more than the top. But the top running backs, like, like Marshall Falk's great seasons or, or TD or, or Priest Holmes, whatever, yeah. those are like... 343, 350 fantasy points. So, I not not far off. Yeah. But the question I have is this. Look, you got Watson who ended up probably going to the perfect spot where he landed, right, in, in Houston. If he was with the Bears, would he be doing this? I think he'd be better than Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. We should have tra- traded yeah. down and grabbed and gra- traded down and got this guy. Anyway, we'll move well, on. I think the Bears would have ruined him. I'm yeah, glad we- he's on Houston and we can actually watch this awesomeness <laughs> happen. I agree with that. Uh, isn't that crazy? Ooh, yeah, but it wouldn't happen if he was with the Bears. I agree. I'd love the talent, but it'd be like we'd, we'd squander it. I agree. Um, all right, anything else you want to talk about on the Texans? Tight ends? Seems like it's kind of... Ti- ti- fuck now. tight ends. Yeah. It's Lamar Miller, uh, and then you're looking at the two receivers. Lamar Miller's getting... You know, this offense is just so good that the touchdown opportunities are there. They, they didn't even think of using Dante Foreman last week. Yeah. So I wonder if there was some team punishment because they were using Alfred Blue. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't... I hadn't heard anything you know, regarding a switch there, but Blue had finally gotten healthy. So maybe they trust him a little bit more. I don't know, but that's weird, though, too, because Foreman had, as they brought him in about week four, you know, he's been getting consistently 10 to 12 carries exactly. every single game. And, and then, then just zero. Yeah. Will Nothing. Fuller has only played four games. He's already uh, number nine in some sta- in, 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 uh, standard. Uh, what, 14 catches he's got? Yeah, how Reed many touchdowns? Number nine. No, 13 catches, seven touchdowns. Reed, so he's got... Oh, Reed wide receivers 9 through uh, 12 for a good laugh. 9 through 12? Um, yeah, Nelson Aguilar, Paul Richardson, and Juju. Wow. And then Jordy. And then Stefan Diggs. Yeah, the big, the big names have not done it wow. at all this year. Especially consistently. Yeah. Wide receiver scoring is just down across the board. Um, it, it's been a big, big you know, downturn for wide receivers. Consistency for down ter- uh, for wide receivers is really, really down. The crazy thing is that normally when you go back and over the last couple, four years, five years, you look in the first two rounds, who are the busts? It's like running back, running back, running back, running back. This year is wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. It's like the running backs have actually performed as a whole better on the whole than the, than the, and the wide receivers. there's been a lot of nice back. surprises like Gurley and whatnot. Right. Okay. So, pace of play is down by nearly a half uh, play per game per team. Uh, but in addition to that, wide receiver receptions are down by over 500 with their pace for this season. Down by over 500 for a season total. Receiving yards by wide receivers are down 9,000 in terms of pace. Uh, <laughs> Oh yards, yards per reception is right there. Uh, they're they're on pace to score uh, 55 less touchdowns, oh and their uh, you know overall fantasy point per game per team average is down 2.4 from last season. The Wide receivers one, as a whole. 
What do you think it is more so? Obviously, it's a it's a combination of many things. But is it offensive line? Is it improved defenses and defensive backs on the defenses uh, playing up against these wide teams? Teams are using their running backs Just a running little back? bit more in the passing games than ever before. Yeah. There, uh, so that's one aspect. You look at a team like. Uh, Carolina. Carolina has 49 receptions by Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Carolina wide receivers combined, I think, have 51 receptions. Uh, so that's a, a telling stat right there. Uh, and pace plays down, passing is down by quarterbacks in general. Um, so everything's just sort of the, the defenses have finally caught up with the spread attack. Houdini's got a sheepish look on his face. I, you know, because with all these. Reduced numbers. Somebody's sticking right out of poker up our ass. I want to know whose name's on the handle. <laughs> what are we listening to here today? For the opening music, uh, closing music, and what's the movie? Oh, so the music is fantastic. You have Mountain Mocha Kilimanjaro. <laughs> yeah, how about it? How about it? And if you can't figure out what movie we're doing yet, how about a little... If it ever works. Yeah, you know, see, soundboard sucks. <laughs> Reservoir dogs. Well, you know, uh, it sounds like that mount. Here's what I'm trying to give you. We're gonna do a pyro promo with us just walking down the street. Jaguars. Um, obviously, the Bengals uh, looked like they were trying to move uh, AJ McCarron today to the, the, the Browns, as, as Stag Party mentioned. Uh, so let's give full let's give full clarity to that because we just kind of breezed over what it was while you were late well, to we'll the give, podcast. We'll give over the Bengals side. The Bengals were about to get a second and a third round pick for AJ McCarron. They thought the deal was done. They had sent in their confirmation. To the league that the trade was approved. The other side apparently didn't send it in on time. Um, but it looks like the Bengals almost got a haul for A.J. McCarron. A better haul than the Patriots got for uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. And it would have put him in a great spot. Because then, you know, this is a team with a struggling offensive line. You can find players along your offensive line in the second and third rounds of the NFL draft. They would have been in a great spot. Now, you know, they're left with A.J. McCarron and A.J. McCarron potentially leaving after the season, uh, you know, once his contract is up. Wow. Win-win. No fucking question about it. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, – because the, we'll, we'll talk about the Browns um, a little bit later. Oh, no, Browns are on by, so quick one thing I want to just bring up here. The disconnect between the front office and the coaching oh. staff. It's just Browns 101. Is this just something that's going to make – you? Fucking so pissed right now. Is this gonna boil? Is this gonna become this something is, big? Let, let me put it to, to an example, and anyone that's in Chicago will understand this. This is a, an organization that is just mired in futility because of mismanagement. Hello, Chicago Bulls. Okay, the complete way that there's no trust between 
coaches and players. There's no trust between coaches and front office, players and front office. There's just no, and, and you don't really have anyone who's leading no the ship. No transparency. Right. And, and, and is this really the right coach for them right now? I don't think so. Uh, you know, so, because he's a hard-headed mother, mother effer, and he's yeah. not going to put up. So, it's going to come to a boil. And, and well, let's be honest. I, in, the, in this instance, I agree with the front office that turned this down. Oh, no, no, no. Good idea on that one, yeah. That would have been just a stupid... Uh, they're just giving away too much all the time and going too high draft picks on quarterback. But they are a dysfunctional group in Cleveland. Let's talk about this game. Obviously, I think the Jaguars have the number one uh, defense rolling for them right now in fantasy. Um, or what do you think is going to happen with uh, Andy Dalton coming off um, on one of his better weeks? Uh, what do you think? This I want nothing to do with uh, Basically... The Jaguars are allowing 45% of what an average QB scores against them this season. Like, so they're, if Andy Dalton's averaging 15 points a game, like you could see a nice little 7.5 spot uh, from Andy Dalton. So I want nothing to do with them. Uh, Zero. Like, and in a week where a lot of the bad teams are sort of on by, I might start Andy Dalton over like CJ Beathard. Drew Stanton, mm, that's probably about it. Not much is what you're exactly. saying. Exactly. Well, the, you know, I'm pissed because I, I was all invested in A.J. Green, and it is not paying off. It paid off for a three-week stretch, and then it slowed down last week. Slowed uh, down? Last two weeks. <laughs> three for 20. You got the touchdown, I know, but it's like, in my one league where it's like short touchdowns are with four points, it was like, you know. Yeah, where, the last two weeks it's been underwhelming. Yeah. But touchdowns have been there. Um, you know, opportunities have been there. I don't want to play them against the Jaguars if I have better options, but I, I don't think there are many better options. And we know that when Dalton is right, he can find AJ Green. But this could also be a game where they force feed him. But uh, that's that would be fine with me. That's the problem is that they he's been spreading the ball around and not force feeding because teams are just going, okay, we're going to bracket coverage, do everything that we can, and keep the ball out of AJ Green. And so then when he is forcing, he, he, they're getting the three and outs. So they got to figure out different ways to get the ball in his hand, you know, whether that maybe that was part of the reason why we started to see a little bit of Alex, Alex Erickson coming in with trying to run those jet sweeps. But, you know, when you only have one carry and you fumble the ball twice in a game, you know, that's probably not good. <laughs> yeah, right, moving on. Special moving, teams. Moving on, moving on to that one. I mean, that concept. Yeah, all yeah. the ancillary receivers are dead in this game because of the Jaguars coverage. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you can't go to a brand LaFell. You can't think about John Ross. Uh, you know, Alex Erickson's dead. Uh, you know, you can look at the tight end position. Yeah, look at Tyler Croft that has some success as they need to feed tight ends against the Jaguars, and that's where you can have success. And also, probably a lot of passes to a guy like Joel Mixon. Yeah, he, that was a bad fumble he had. That was a bad fumble, yeah. But they went right back to him. Yeah. Um, well, you they're, know, they're not getting it done in the rushing game with them, but the receiving the game is happening. But that's the problem. I start to, you know, you really got to worry for his sake. He needs to at least have one run of 25 yards. Just, you know, I can understand if you're going to have a game where you're going to have 15 carries and you're only going to gain 65 yards, but have a 25-yard and a 12-yard run in there. You know, I understand the line is not good. He's showing the burst of the ability in the passing game. With last week, three catches uh, for 91 yards. I think he had a 67-yard catch. 
great, but you need to do something in the running game in order to also to help the rest of those receivers. So until that happens, I think it's going to be more struggles yeah. for AJ unless he gets great matchups. He did in the last time his best game of the year was against the Bills, who actually are a great defense, but they're not great against the wide receiver. And obviously the Jaguars are number one against wide receiver. But it does seem like and he had a lot of targets against the Ravens, who in week one we thought was going to be a great defense, and it's proven that they're not really that great, but maybe more so surprisingly against the run. So it seems like when they're playing good defense, Dalton goes back and peppers and looks for the guy he trusts the most. And right now that's uh, A.J. Green. And A.J. Green, I think in that game he had two balls that that went off his fingers and it resulted in interceptions very on AJ Green like. But I could see, I agree. I think you got to start AJ Green if you got better options. Amen. You got a great team, take them. But I, I could see AJ getting peppered with uh, with well, opportunities. I hope you're right. He's locked up my lineup in two leagues and uh, you know, rolling every week. So I need it. Let's go over to the Jaguar side of the ball. Um, Let's not. No, oh, I'm sorry. No. I mean, Leonard hey, Fournette. I mean, what else do I need to say? He practiced to start the week. Leonard Fournette should be rolling out there, and you should be rolling him out in your lineups. Uh, you know, Cincinnati's another tough defense, but, you know, with the ferocity that they're handing the ball off and their willingness to hand the ball off, you know, 20 to 25 times a game to Leonard Fournette and his red zone opportunities, fire him up. I mean, yeah, lock him in. Other than that, Alan Hearns, uh, the guy to pick up probably now is D.D. Westbrook, yeah. who's starting to practice. Um, this guy's a burner, a four-two-eight guy who led all wide receivers in you know fantasy points during the preseason and had the most. Can Bortles yards. get him the ball? I mean, we've seen Bortles get people the ball with opportunities, and now they're now he, now they're just trying to protect him. So know, there's going to be those deep shots designed for a guy like D.D. West. I know, but I, now that Allen Robinson isn't I like there. it. I like it. I like it if it's one of those situations where you're flexing, you're in a long score touchdown type league. But because otherwise, I look at it. Look, when he was connecting a couple years ago with Allen Robinson, he wasn't really always connecting. Robinson was just out working guys for balls down there too. And I don't know that D.D. Westbrook is that type of receiver who can do that. And it, and he's one of those guys that. You know, he can beat the coverage, but if the ball has to come back, is he going to be one of those guys who can be able to come back and really go up and get it at the ball, at the point of the, at the point, high point? I, th- I think we're done with the Jaguars. All right, we're done. Thank yeah, you. All you need to do is uh, start Fournette. Right? Be, be worried if you got to play anybody else. But uh, spec add on D.D. Westbrook. But yeah, D.D. Westbrook is a nice uh, foreshadowing pickup. I don't think he'll be playing this week because they just brought him back. He's got a, what do you, a core issue, like something in his, in his stomach. Um, but he'll be he'll be back, and I like that call. Um, Buccaneers are going to be at the Saints. Who Buccaneers were? We, to, we all thought last week that they might be able to do some damage, and they put up a stink show, a uh, stink bomb of a, of a performance. What do you guys think uh, Winston can do in this one? I mean, Winston just is what he is. People just have to get used to that. He, he's a gunslinger, and you know he's not going to protect the ball. Uh, he's gonna try to attack vertically down the field. So, you know, going up against a team like the Saints, you can make some deep shots happen. But Marshawn Lattimore has been playing great. Uh, he's one of the best rookies in the league right now, and you know people are talking about him like he's already one of the best corners in the league. So, uh, I will. 
you know, Mike Evans getting shadowed by this guy. I'm going to adjust my expectations, but, you know, Evans is probably a great play. Um, you know, locked in and getting massive targets. There's nothing not to like about Evans, especially he's working the red zone. Um, this is probably a spot where you can maybe play it to Sean Jackson, though, uh, because he should have that favorable quarterback matchup. And, you know, Jameis has shown a, will- a willingness to air it out, even though they haven't connected, you know, on a regular basis. Well, I mean, Winston has thrown uh, four 300-yard games this year, uh, so that's pretty good. He's had two games with three touchdowns, but he's also had, um, you can discount the game where he came out, but then, then uh, he's had two games with one touchdown and one game with no touchdowns. So, you know, you, you get a little bit of an erraticness. I, I at least think that this one, being that you're playing uh, in the Dome, you're playing against another team that, look, the, the Saints kind of struggled with their offense last week as far as the passing game, not putting the ball in the end zone, right? Breeze did his Breeze thing, ended up with, what, 299 yards, which if you would have gotten me the one more yard, I would have won my game. Really? Yeah, because that's like a four-point bonus, so that would have swung it. But, <laughs> you, know, you know, leaving that aside, they, this is, and every time that we, this is another one of those one stags, right? Every year that we have seen this over the last couple years, we say, oh, Saints, Buccaneers, this should be a high-scoring game. And it's one of those games that, there's usually a lot of points scored, but they don't always come in the fantasy way that you expect. It's usually like some weird defensive score or, you know, short field, and so the points are all coming with not a lot of yards, and then it's just a lot of catch-up toward the end just to kind of make it kind of get closer to what it is. So, division matchup, I think that there'll be some opportunities here. I agree that I don't, uh, not as high on Mike Evans this week. I mean, obviously you're starting him, but you just need to think about what you're actually going to get. Uh, I think this action might finally be one of those games where Deshaun Jackson uh, could have a, a breakthrough type of a performance. I mean, look, what we saw Trey McBride do against this team last week with, from the Bears. Who, who's Trey McBride, exactly? So... Cameron Brait, to me, is pretty much always locked in, safety blanket. Yeah. You know, Winston's always looking for him, and even if Winston comes out and Fitzpatrick, doesn't matter. Brait's, Brait's your guy. Howard, you're on a risk. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know that that is worth taking. He's a boom-bust tight end. Yeah, like, and you're not going to get enough scoring, you're not getting, you're not getting enough consistent production. Doug Martin, I think Doug Martin, look, look at what the Jordan Howard was able to do. They were able to run a little bit against uh, New Orleans last week. I think that, you know, look, Doug Martin looked pretty decent Last week, 71 yards on 18 carries. Not amazing, but he's shown some decent burst. I think he has an opportunity that this could be a game where they, again, and, and this is why you might not get a ton of points because if, if Doug Martin starts getting going right and you get 100 yards out of Martin, like just 100 right around 90 to 110, where is all the passing yards going to be? Maybe it ends up being one of those 260, 270-yard passing games for Winston, and so splice up those those numbers. Maybe he's only throw maybe one, maybe two touchdowns, so... I like your Sean Jackson call. He actually had two uh, end zone, red zone tosses to him last week. One of them that he almost caught, but it totally pass interfered on both of them and didn't get called. The guys are right there. Um, so he's getting some opportunities even in the red zone, which isn't necessarily his forte. So I like your call with, uh, with, with him in this game. So the Saints defense has been boom bust to the highest, to the nth, nth degree. They have three games this season when they are allowed three passing touchdowns. In the other four games, they've allowed zero passing touchdowns in each. 
Uh, they have nine interceptions against nine touchdown passes this season. Who, who are the other teams beside the Bears, though? Because that one doesn't uh, really count. Cam Newton, you know, okay. Green Bay with Brett Hundley, and uh, Jay Cutler led Miami. So, really a craptastic bunch of quarterbacks. <laughs> but they're also guys that, you know, are willing to take risks with the ball. Yeah. And we know that Jameis is one of those guys. But in the other games against Sam Bradford, Tom Brady, and Matthew Stafford, they've thrown a combined nine touchdowns. Can see that's an interesting thing, right? Because and, and Stafford, which one is Jameis though? Right, where Stafford is the? Threw, right, I think Jameis, Stafford threw three touchdowns and three interceptions. I think that's what that's <laughs> that's where I would go to. I was going to say whatever Stafford did, I would think that's closer to what Jameis is, is at the at the high. And that was on fifty-two passing attempts. Right. So I think Jameis, if if, if it becomes one of those passing games, Jameis throws forty-six times. Yeah. So th- that's the issue is. Jameis's range of outcomes may be wider than any quarterback in the league right now. Um, but I think you've got a pretty decent floor if you look at it the way I am. Figure in for 260, one to two touchdowns with a pick or two, um, you know, and then high side if he, if he hits on one of those big plays. That's, that's Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a, I think he's more of a back-end QB1. Like, I don't think he's locked into your lineup, and if you have better options, play the better options. All right. Uh, should we go to the Saints come marching in? Let's go to our oh Saints. Right, sorry, Saints. I'm, I'm knock me off of my platform here. Why I shouldn't be thinking that there might be some residuals where Alvin Kamara gets more touches now after two costly fumbles by Mark Ingram down the stretch of that game when they should have had that game over and done with. Yeah, well, he's he's really mad at himself. He said the only reason why they were in that game is because of my dumb ass. He's like, I'll play better. So I, I, I I'm not too worried about Ingram. He's it's not good, not a good look, but he was he was all fuego besides that, and they, the, the offense is looking good. So the way that I look at it is, I don't think hold the grudge. Ingram was basically the guy, you know. However, they were using Kamara. Sometimes it's like, you know, okay, Ingram when he gets he gets tired, he comes out, then Kamara comes in. But otherwise, it's usually it's Ingram for the first two series. Who knows? I think maybe you know Kamara might be here on the second series this week. Sure. The <laughs> thing is, Alvin Kamara has a high of ten carries on the season. Like, in a game, that's his high. He, you know, 10, 9, 8 over the last three weeks since uh, Adrian Peterson's been traded. I think they like the versatility of Kamara more. So, they're going to I, I just think the roles are the roles now. You know, Alvin Kamara is a guy who's going to get 8 to 10 Or carries. maybe when you get to the fourth quarter... You're not you're not going to lean on Ingram as much. You might, you, might, you, might, you might go back and forth and keep the fresh guy out there. I just think they want to I'm use I'm trying him. to angle any way I can to get Kamara. Is it, is it Kamara or is it Iwata? Is it Kamara, right? I, I don't think Kamara. it matters. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it matters. Super K. Special K. Kamara. But. <laughs> you're willing. You're willing. To I'm doing whatever I can. Give me the points. <laughs> I mean, you, you don't. I don't know. Maybe it's just your league type. But over the last five weeks, he hasn't had a single game with fewer than 8.7 fantasy points. Right. Mind, mind you, don't score any points until you get to 40 yards. Yeah, so. that's that's going to be something that he struggles for doing right. with 8 to 10 carries. <laughs> right. So I'm going to, like, you know, combine yards. I'm getting, like, you know, he gets a touchdown, but it's a short touchdown. So, like, last week he scored me 9. You know, I'm getting 8, 9, 10 points. But if I had kept Fuller, as I was saying before, he's scoring 34, 24, you know, just anyway. Sorry about it. Sorry about it. <laughs> He's he's just a guy getting 8 to 10 carries and, you know, 5 to 10 targets in a game. And he's locked in as an RB2, especially in PPR leagues and standard leagues. He's probably more of a back-end RB2 flex option. But 
Hill, he's locked in right now, and Ingram's just rolling. No matter the fumbles or not, yeah, they they almost cost him a game, but it it hasn't cost him anything yet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Tim Hightower is the guy, like, who, you know, took the job from Ingram for a while last year. He's like, yeah, I saw this guy get rolling after he fumbles a little bit, uh, after he feels a little bit threatened. So I'm not worried about Mark Ingram. Watch what Mark Ingram's going to do. That's awesome. Ingram's... You know, against this Tampa Bay team, he's locked in. Like that's all you can say about it. Let's talk about um, Michael Thomas. I, I, I think the conversation about Michael Thomas really begins with Drew Brees. Uh, Drew Brees' sort of fantasy output just hasn't been there on a major level uh, so far this season. Right now, he's the tenth overall quarterback, despite already having his bye week. But he is completing seventy percent of his passes. Um, you know they're taking care of the ball. They're, I think they're just trying to play a little bit of tighter knit game now that their defense is you know steadily improving. Not only that, who they're are, winning football games. They're five and two. What are the other weapons? You're talking about Michael Thomas, who this was a, a reason why he was a bust candidate, right? Uh, on the bust list because. He did amazing last year when you had all the other pieces that were still there, right? You had an Asian Colston. You had all just you know. And he took the people by surprise. Who's protecting him at the receiving game for them? You got Brandon Coleman. You got Ted Ginn. You got Kobe Smith who's doing nothing. You got Josh Hill. You have yeah. no one to protect Michael Thomas. Steve played four snaps last week. But he, I was saying he came back. I mean. Overall, like I don't know what they're doing with Willie Sneed. If he's healthy and he's playing four snaps, what's going on? If he's not healthy and he's active, what the hell is going on? Uh, but Ted Ginn's been the guy, you know, providing some protection and getting open vertically. So I, I like Ted Ginn. And I like Michael Thomas against these Tampa Bay corners. But I do think you know Drew Brees could have a get-right game this week, especially. You know, back at the Superdome with Tampa Bay able to put up points and you know some fear of Jameis Winston, I, I think this is a little bit more of a Drew Brees game and that he should get it corrected. I like it. Anything else worth mentioning here? Yeah, how about a Val Verde? That was better. Either he's alive or he's dead. Or the cops got him. Or they don't. Well, that's I mean, Michael Thomas is narrowing it down for you. Michael Thomas is a locked-in wide receiver two, you know, maybe a low, low-end wide receiver one. In this matchup, it looks like a great matchup. Uh, but on the season, he scored just two touchdowns. Uh, the red zone opportunities haven't been there. They've been, you know, running the ball a lot more in the red zone with Kamara, throwing Kamara the ball in the red zone, running the ball, you know, with Ingram in the red zone. And, you know, guys like Kobe Fleener and Michael Hulamawanamanui and Josh Hill, they're rotating a tight end, and it screws screws that up. So your your plays here: Drew Brees, the running backs, Michael Thomas, and then that desperation on Ted Ginn. Well, the one thing you always say is five for fifty. Michael Thomas has turned into like seven for eighty-five. He's like every he's got I think he's got four games with eighty-five yards this year. Seth always has about seven catches. So he's just like he's never. And, and you've always said that. I always thought he was more of a guy last year. Um, I guess I didn't just, I, I wasn't paying attention enough. I always thought he was kind of more explosive. And you guys always said it's more of a possession type receiver. Um, but it's a nice floor, reason. right? But at the same time, not for where, now granted, for where he was in ADP, 
in July was like number four, three, four wide yeah. receiver. He ended up falling back into a more realistic like wide receiver eight. Yeah. Right. He fell back into a more realistic zone uh, toward drafts, but <clears throat> you're not getting that top end production. But again, you've gotten it like only one week out of AJ Green. How many weeks have you gotten it out of Julio Jones? Uh, how many? You know, Almost Antonio sure. Brown's given it to you probably more than than those other guys. But Odell, Odell now gone. When he, yeah. even when he was playing, he only gave it to you like one out of four weeks. Yeah. So you weren't. For whatever reason, go back to those stats that you were rattling off before of all the, the things that are there, the myriad of things that have happened to take the, the steam out of the wide receivers and defenses adjusting to it. The consistency of the game is not That was the, the dramatic change, right? Where it was always a running back dominated fantasy. The change happened where all of a sudden we had more uh, wide receivers that were going over a thousand yards than running backs, and now we're kind of seeing an evening out of that, or more of a disbursement amongst those wide receivers. Where now they're as much of a committee out there as as, as the running backs are. So those few guys that are the big poppers are fewer and far between. Than I they love ever it when you call me Big Popper. <laughs> pop, pop. I want some big jalapeno poppers. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's uh, before we go to the next game, let's uh, listen to this and help us keep the lights on. The Rams are going to be in New York playing the Giants. Uh, let's start obviously with the Rams. Let's talk about uh, the story of the running back so far this season, and that would be obviously, excuse me, Mr. Todd Gurley um, firing it up across the nation. Um, Guy's just a beast. He's basically what right now he's got he's getting forty two percent of the team's offense. He's on pace for some serious touchdowns. I think uh, I don't know. If he, I don't think he's on pace to break uh, Marshall Falk's record anymore. But um, looking good, looking real good there, buddy. You know the movie. Todd Gurley's on pace for eighteen touchdowns. Is it not anywhere close? Yeah, to that's record. not anywhere close. Go. And it's Will Damian Tomlinson, isn't it now? Did he have it? 30? I was just saying for the Rams. Oh, gotcha. For the Rams. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's not, well, I think, he's, I think. I think. I think. I think. Falk had twenty-eight, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, crazy dude. I'm pretty sure LT broke it, but no, LT no. Holmes broke that with yeah. like thirty, then uh, LT at thirty-one or thirty-two. Yeah, that was crazy. LT's yeah. a monster. Jesus. Let's. Uh, uh, I mean, it, it's girly. Now going up against the Giants, no Janoris Jenkins, who's been suspended indefinitely. Uh, basically, I guess he had a big old party last week for his birthday, and was ju- just turned up on Tuesday. So <laughs> when they were supposed to report on Monday, so nice. that clock's like not working. Sounds like a real good party. I- I've been there, but <laughs> he was up on the roofie roofie party. <laughs> um, I mean, Todd Gurley's locked in, but now you look at all the receivers without Janoris Jenkins, and it looks like a much better matchup for, you know, a Sammy Watkins. Uh, you know, Dominic and Rogers Cromarty is sure to see a lot of Cooper Cup. Can you slot. start Sammy Watkins? I mean, on a week with a lot of buy, I think he's in that same T.Y. Hilton range, you know? Why do okay. three boom busts? Like, these guys, we know that have upside, but, you know, we've been inconsistent. So, let's put it this way with him. I, I, okay, so if you want to look at because he has just not done it since he's got there, right? He said but, game, yes. But the confluence of things that are happening around. So, no Janoris Jenkins. Now he's been with the team for what's been like four weeks, five weeks now? Who? Stanley Watkins. No, it's just the whole season. But oh, like, right. It was right before, it was right before. game one. So, 
he, this is about the time where we should start to see him do some more things. And, uh, you know, because the, the person who's been more impressive has been Cooper Cup. In, in limited spurts. I mean, when you see it, at least I see, I'm seeing more when I turn on those games and I'm watching those afternoon games and the, and the Rams are on. I'm not seeing Sammy Watkins' name called. I agree. Man, the only time you heard Sammy Watkins' name called it was on a Thursday yeah, night. Yeah, Thursday night. He had two touchdowns and kind of just over 100 yards, right? But he's been garbage other than that. But I like it that he's still, uh, still willing to take a risk on him. And he's, he's obviously a good player. You just got to get him going. Um, I can't wait to see where he signs this offseason. <laughs> <laughs> where, who else do we want to cover? Is the tight ends we're talking about on this team? I mean, they're just using Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby uh, enough so that it's cutting into you know consistent production for either one, and it makes it hard to sort of diagnose on a weekly basis. So it makes them both you know non-plays. All right. Well, let's move over to uh, the New York Giants. Is there anybody playable on this team? Goldman, um, maybe with Shepard. No, maybe? I mean it looked like Darkwa had taken over the role. Uh, as the starting running back, so you know he's like a RB three flex play, um, and you know Gallman's a little bit behind him because they're using him in the passing game, and Vereen's sort of falling back because they're not giving him ten plus targets anymore. Um, and you know Evan Ingram's the play. Yeah, yeah, there you go. He's he's been the only guy he can play on that team basically all, ever since Odie. He went down. But yeah. Sterling Shepard is expected back from his ankle injury. Yeah. That could give them another option, but the Rams are pretty tough against opposing wide receivers. But who knows where Shepard's going to play? Is he going to be an outside receiver uh, with Evan Ingram a lot in the slot? Well, where do they want to use? Where Where is Lewis a better fit? Is he a better fit in the outside. slot or on the outside? So, so you're probably going to see him more to the to the slot then. And just so you know, the Rams are the second worst against the run. So game script for the Giants looks like Darkwa might be a good call on this one. Yeah, uh, some but sort of rush. Darkwa. Okay, let's 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 go New York, New York. Darkwa or Bilal Powell this week? Shoot me in the face. Right, but <laughs> um, you got Forte. the Forte. Score, scoring? You got the Jets. The Jets at home against the Bills, and you got Darkwa going against the Rams. Scoring. Yeah. Scoring? You need a touchdown. Well, who's going to get a touchdown? I bet Darkwa. Yeah, I, I like that one better. All right, there you go. There you do it, do it, do so it. Like, this is like the horrible conversations. Who do you like between running back 27 <laughs> and running back 29? I know you have a rate this yeah. way, but... Yeah. That's what we get. Every time. The every one general, ranked higher. Yeah. They're always... It's, whenever I look and it's like a guy I know it's going to be like, I guarantee you this is QB 13 and QB 14. I go and I look it up. I check out the match from like QB 13 and 14. God damn it. Why can't they ever just be like, yeah, what's, who's going to be better between your QB 2 and your QB 22? <laughs> um, we well, love you. Get, you. That's why we get questions. paid the big bucks. Yeah. Well, not yet anyway. <laughs> yeah, no bucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh lordy! Um, God bless America and capitalism. Let's get into um, the next matchup. That was maybe the fastest uh, game we've ever done in the history of the Pyro Podcast. I'll take it. Um, and this is going to be the Falcons. We were changing their name uh, to the Atlanta. I told you regression Falcons uh, from Stag Party, uh, and then they're going to be at the Panthers. Uh, let's start with the Falcons. It's super bleak. I think I saw one of your retweets today, Stag Party, that showed um, 
it was a retweet that you did that showed the regression through the first half of the season, and it is, it's real. I'm gonna tell you what I will say. I was wrong. Look, I was, was kind of wrong too. You, you, with the amount of talent that you have, you know, it's it's amazing that you could screw it up as badly and as poorly as they have through this first half of the season. Go ahead, go so ahead. So here's have, the thing. I'm done. So here's the thing. They haven't regressed that badly. Oh. How, how they've regressed is in the red zone. They've gone from one of the best teams scoring in the red zone to now the fifth worst. They are number 27 in red zone scoring percentage. Uh, you know they're not scoring now, touchdowns. Where, where, where are the Patriots too? It's the both Super Bowl teams. I know the Patriots have only like fifty percent in the red zone, like thirty-four uh, attempts and seventeen touchdowns. Hold, please. <coughs> Hold, please. So where's the where's the Muzak like from Blues Brothers or yeah. Uber Conference? This this calls on hold. That was I enjoyed that. Okay, so anyone if you've never used that was it Ubercast? Uber Uber conference. So I'm waiting for Stag Party to get on, so it's like, it's like a, it, it rings, and then it's like, it's like someone's singing a song. It's like you're waiting on hold for this conference. <laughs> Where are these people? Don't they know that you're wasting time listening to old music? Um, so New England is at fifty percent. Song a lot better than me. Of red zone. New England is at fifty percent of red zone opportunities converted into touchdowns. Atlanta is at forty eight percent. But I think after last week, they're actually going to fall back even further. Uh, they're currently 27th there, scoring points in the red zone, scoring touchdowns. Um, and that's where the major, major discrepancy is. And, you know, all these talks of using Julio Jones in the red zone haven't manifested. Yeah, where was that? And the play calling in the red zone has just been not up to snuff. They're not getting these easy looks. These you know quick jet screens to Taylor Gabriel haven't happened. And you know what else? They're not using the momentum that they have moving the ball down the field when they get to the red zone. You have a guy who brings you all the way down, then all of a sudden you change personnel and you change whatever you were doing. Maybe you were running the ball really well. Now all of a sudden you get to the three-yard line and you start throwing the ball. Three or times. You're throwing the ball and you're moving the ball downfield. Then you get to the two-yard line. Well, let's try to run the ball three times and you get stopped. No, I absolutely agree with you. Um, and it, it's... Just like Tevin Coleman probably rushed for 64 yards on one of their, or had 64 total yards on like their second to last possession. Got all the way down there, boom, in comes Devonta Freeman. Like they've got to ride that hot hand a little bit more, something that you know Kyle Shanahan was willing to do because we've seen Tevin Coleman have spurts of touchdown scoring, mm-hmm. but that's all but disappeared this season. Despite none of his other pace numbers really Going changing, right? Like the only thing that's changing is the red zone opportunities and the amount of long plays from Tevin Coleman for touchdowns, which we knew was something that could happen. Now they just need to manufacture some of those same touches for him in the red zone, get those easy ones. They're just not. And how's it gonna How's it gonna work for the dome team on the road against a division opponent who just held uh, another division opponent to three points? Yeah, the Panthers' defense is tough. The Panthers' defense is what keeping people in games. Yeah. So I keep, especially with the play of that offense, you know, so far in the season. Uh, I think it's going to be a, another tough sledding game for the Falcons. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan had 18 fantasy points 12 times last season. Matt Ryan has had 18 fantasy points once this season. Mm. The numbers just aren't there. The touchdowns, uh, you know, aren't going his way. The touchdown luck. 
Uh, I think he's on pace to throw for 20 touchdowns right now, um, which would be back to, you know. That's half as many, under half as many as he threw last year, right? Yeah, I mean, you're you're, you're, you're at second year quarterback, rookie level quarterbacks when you're throwing 20 touchdowns. I mean, come on. Because here's the other thing. The other, or the guys that are throwing 20 touchdowns, the Tyrod Taylors, are running for 600 yards. Yeah. Matt Ryan's running for six by the end of the year. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with you there. Um, <laughs> All right, well, let's talk, let's talk about... I mean, Julio's locked in. I think Freeman's locked in. Tevin Coleman's got upside as a flex play. And it, it looks like Sanu's the true wide receiver, two in that op- offense. How about those but gold shoes? He's... I mean, he's touchdown or bust, or you know, he's going to give you a nice five for fifty-four. But there's really no upside to his game, and they're not manufacturing plays for him. And Austin Hooper, what I think he finally found the red zone here in the last two weeks. But other than that, it's been boom or bust for him. Um, so I'm probably not going back to the well with him. Well, hold on, I got I got to take it back. Matt Ryan is on pace to have his best rushing season of oh, his career you now. He's got 80 yards already, and his career high is 145. So he's already over halfway to his career mark. So yeah, he's not nice for that back. You know, he's, passing a, yards. he's nimble foot. 182 <laughs> rushing yards, Matt Ryan. Killing it. Killing it. Um, all right, well, let's move on from that game. Let's see you got and something else. And those running yards are like running for your life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Panthers, all right, we talked a bit about that situation, um, but we can we can cover Cam Newton. Uh, I mean, he's 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 not really a, a, a fun start uh, this year, and his best target just got moved. Um, let's see, where's... Let's so see, but maybe this is one of those things that for Cam, though... Allows him to start running the ball more, and maybe you know we start seeing more of that cam. And maybe you know, are they gonna, you know, because we really haven't seen them do that as much with the zone zone I mean, reads. They and, they have over the last three games, Cam Newton has rushed for 160 yards okay. in a touchdown. Yeah, I think he's Cam, cam Newton, second. He's second. He's only like 14 yards behind Deshaun Watson in in, in rushes. So. He, and he's got more TDs. He's got three rushing TDs. Yeah, but can we feel any? I, see, okay, but I think he's going to have to do even more now without Kelvin Benjamin because you can't trust Curtis Samuel. He's a guy that here that what he was dinged up with the hamstring or whatever throughout the entire preseason, so he's never got acclimated to the playbook. He's they, they've tried to install him, and everything that they've installed him with so far has just been these little gadget, little off the line of scrimmage plays. Can he learn? And can he do these other things? And if they can't. It's going to have to be Cam on his own because, look, you're not getting – you get a consistent play but nothing amazing from Jonathan Stewart. You're not getting anything that's going to really take pressure off. Well, one of the – right after the, um, the trade was announced for Benjamin today, remember that that, uh, that football, like, viral video from, like, five years ago, that one kid who threw the ball 60 yards to himself? <laughs> I saw someone posted that. It's like, this this be like Cam Newton. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, you know, Cam's rushing upside is back. Um, you know, if he's rushing for 50 yards a game, you know, he's their entire red zone offense as they, you know, finally got a rushing touchdown from Jonathan Stewart. But before that, they had yet to score a touchdown by anybody else rushing than Cam Newton. So, you know, that's back. Cam Newton is running well. Um, and now... We have to hope that some other people can make plays for him, but we do have the benefit of Greg Olson coming back 
Um, and, you know, the Falcons' defense hasn't created any havoc this season. They're not sacking the quarterback at the same rate. They're not, uh, you know, causing interceptions or fumbles at the same rate they were last year. Their turnover proneness is just not where it was. Uh, so that sort of makes Cam a little bit of a safer start, seeing as how he has more interceptions than touchdowns at the current time. So my question, though, is like, so we look at the passing game, and you look at Devin Funches. He, he, here's a guy that's stepped up, right? And, and this season, he's, he's basically almost been on par for targets with Kelvin Benjamin. So what happens now with Benjamin gone? Is he going to become like one of those guys that even though he only had cut, what was it, the two passes for 11 yards last week on six targets, is he going to be a guy now who's going to jump to being a 10-11 target-a-game guy? Because, again, I don't know how much faith you can have in Samuel, but is but Funches is a guy that, that can be easily covered. So I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what is the realism of pie in the sky, look, we got the main other guy is gone, but the reality of who he really is is not a guy that's going to, I don't think commands it on a regular basis. Maybe gets up and up, take a eight, nine targets. I mean, even eight, nine targets for team. I'll take it. Yeah, it's great for Devin Funches, but overall, this is a team who doesn't want to throw the ball very much. They're not taking vertical shots. Uh, right now, he's on pace for 118 targets, um, 66 pass catches for 714 yards and six touchdowns. Uh, not a great season at all, but can he bump it up to like 900 yard? So you know, sort of and the touchdown might go up now with Benjamin yeah. not there. Yeah, but he's already getting more targets than, than Benjamin. 59. The interesting thing is really going to be, and I think what actually helps Benjamin is get Olsen back because defenses will that, then focus on bunches. bunches. Yeah. Because then defenses will say we gotta stop Greg Olson. Yeah. We can play Devin Funches one on one in in certain matchups and I, the I, I think you can. I mean, I absolutely think you can. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know. If, I don't think it's a move leader. Uh, needle needle mover. mover. Mover needle. Too much. Hey, look at that mover needle. Fuck off. Uh, <laughs> too much for Devin Funches. It, it, it's a slight upgrade, but nothing major. Um, <laughs> But Christian McCaffrey looks locked in as the team's leading receiver. I fuck, mean, fuck off, you say. I say this. Honey's fucking hard. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey looks locked in as the team's leading receiver. And, like, they're trying to be creative with him means moving him out to the wide receiver position and then immediately throwing him the ball and then asking him to run out there. Yeah. And it's just not working. Like, he's averaging 5.72 yards per target, uh, which is slightly below league average for running backs. Um, and, you know, they're just predictable. Whenever he moves out wide, they're throwing him the ball. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. It's like, okay, now let's do something different. Now, but, but the creativity the of this offense just doesn't fucking exist. Right. Well, because, you know. Come on, chill out. I, no, I, I agree. There, the creativity is not there. He is the ultimate drawer of attention, but they haven't been able to figure out, when we get three guys covering one guy, how do we take advantage of it with the other guys in the field? And I don't know if that's Cam not recognizing it, or if it's whatever the case is, or the guys who you have on the field just can't beat a one-on-one goddamn coverage, I mean, which I think is more more of the, the point. We saw, the, we saw this yesterday with the Chiefs. They're so creative with how they're using oh, they're great. and how they're using Kelsey. Um, 
And one of the plays is should have been a touchdown to um, Demarcus Robinson. Yeah, I uh, dropped it. Yeah, it was just overthrown. And then there was another where it was sort of a fake quick screen. Tyreek Hills going down past his coverage, and Alex Smith just overthrew him. So now you've got a guy like Christian McCaffrey who's drawing eyes to them. Now you get them looking one way and you go the other. So we've got to start seeing some creativity from this coaching staff to give us more sort of credence in this offense as a whole. Yeah, that's the one thing. I, that's, it, it's amazing, right, because the Chiefs used to be an unwatchable team that Andy Reid comes in. And what he does with offenses is incredible. The other play that was great, did you see? We'll talk. They, we're going to talk about them. They're playing this week, so let's 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 hold off. Okay, I'll wait till then. They're not. They uh, have they, they, they just have like three different plays that I'm just like I love it. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Fun to watch in that team. Um, and then they run other plays off of those plays. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. They're the only. Uh, well, they, we're going to get to them. Let's go. They're like pitchers. They set you up. Exactly. Let's go to the next uh, game, and that's going to be the Broncos. At the Eagles, wow, okay, so the Broncos' offense is non-existent, but finally the, <laughs> Eagles, the Eagles are going to have a tough defense to play against. Let's see what happens there. We'll start with the Broncos' side of the ball. Basically, Vance uh, is saying he doesn't know who his quarterback is anymore. That's not a good sign for Trevor, who had everyone on board with him, saying he's just the kind of guy we need. They're on a three-game skid. He looks like shit. Um is it Simeon? Are they, if you, if you, or do you think they're going to the go bet, with Osweiler? The bet is it's Osweiler because Paxton Lynch still isn't back and healthy. Uh, they really yeah. want to get a look at him, but you know, health permitting, you know, it's going to be Osweiler. Uh, just because the defense back is, to the future, <laughs> the defense is clamoring. Well, he takes that they, and runs with it. Sorry. The defense is clamoring that they want to change. Like, when you have a defense as good as those Broncos can and I, the body snatchers. Can I, can I tell you, I was driving yesterday listening to CBS Radio before the Monday night game. So Jim Gray is doing all of his interviews. He always does it with, like, Tom Brady and with uh, Larry Fitzgerald. But he was talking to Von Miller. And so he asked Von, he goes, so Von, I know you have the situation where you have a good defense that is just stopping everybody down, but you're not going to get done at the quarterback position. You know, how do you guys feel about Trevor Simeon? Is, it, you know, is he still your guy? And he ends up saying eventually, you know, Trev's our guy. We got faith in Trev. But it was like, there was a hesitation was. at the beginning. And it was like, he didn't directly, immediately say, no, Trev's our guy. This guy can get done. He's like, well, you know, we yeah. <laughs> when you start with well, you know, yeah. stumbling over your words, yeah, trying to figure I out don't how to really bring, want to answer this question. Uh, I had put him down gently. So um, back to go, you, go for it, stag party. Jim uh, Gray, I haven't heard that guy's name forever. Um, I mean, it's gonna be Osweiler, and if it's Osweiler, who do you want anything to do with? This, like, I think you fade the whole fucking team this week. Against the Eagles that are allowing the fewest rushing yards per game, uh, why do you want to play a C.J. Anderson, Devonta Booker, uh, Jamal Charles trio when they are truly all getting carries? And you know, Anderson might have the highest carry upside, but against this defense, what does that mean? 60 yards on 18 carries? Like, if you want that, sure, but it's, I understand you might not have better options. You know what the other thing is? I don't care who you start at quarterback. This Eagles defense, the way that they come after you, um, and the way that they are ball hawking, and and the fact that if it is Osweiler, you put the human statue back there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, if you can move a little bit, but not enough. Where he, he, look, 
there are going to be, and look at how many uh, the mistakes that the Eagles forced on, what was it, the, the 49ers last week. I, was, I have them on, as a defense, and I'm like, 10 minutes into the game, I'm like, how do I have 27 points already? Fucking Eagles! Yeah, they've always been able to do that over the years, especially when they go to shitty teams. Go for it. Uh, the real thing is, the, the best fucking play, if Brock Osweiler is the starter, is probably A.J. Derby. Like, let's remember who Brock Osweiler is and what we saw of him last year. This is a guy that completely fucking fed the See, tight end position. Because he can't throw a 15-yard out pattern. It, yes. Yeah, but, he can't. Uh, last season, they threw to tight ends 30% of the time the Houston Texans did because you had Brock Osweiler as your starter. They saw 179 targets. Wow. A.J. Derby you know, has started to put a couple good ga- games together. It has shown that he is the receiving tight end. But A.J. Derby is yeah, the that's... absolute locked-in play if Brock Osweiler is named the starter. So Look, there's your one play. There's your one play. Sounded terrible. Here's one thing that CJ Anderson no says flexing or nothing. In the three Broncos wins, CJ Anderson's got 20 or plus carries. In their three losses, he's got 10 or less. Um, it's just ridiculous. It's pretty easy. They just got to feed this guy the ball. Even the game. Did he miss a game? There's seven games should be for the Broncos. Um, did he miss games? No. I'm looking at him. He had 20, 20, 20. He had 15 because he had 15 carries. And he had 15 carries on on Monday night. And last night he was actually he was actually doing well. He was running the ball better than five point two yards per carry, which is the best yards per carry average on the season. Yeah, I mean, he, but then then he go brings the ball down and they give it to Devontae Booker anyway. He really hasn't been horrible though. I mean, he's been he's over the ball. he's been over four yards per carry every single game except for one. They got to get know, the ball. They, he does not get in the volume of touches. And but look, they don't. They're not. It's an unbalanced offense, and this is what happens. So you get complete inconsistency and mediocrity when you're when you're having players on teams that can't sustain drives, right? So the Denver offense, even though the defense keeps turning the ball over and giving them the ball, they can't take advantage of that and stick it in the end zone and sustain long drives. So you're, you're in a close game or you're just trailing even, or, you know, at the end, and they can't lay into the running game. That's the problem, unless you're playing a cupcake. Yeah, I mean, if you're not winning, how can you just establish that game? You can't. Exactly. So that's that's the part. And with this explosive offense, we saw what they were able to do, mm-hmm. uh, the Chiefs, early in establishing their rapport. Yeah, and then right. just dominating with Travis Kelsey. And you're facing another one of the best t- tight ends in football right now in Zach Hurts. It's going to be more of the same. Let's, let's, move, over, let's move over to those Eagles. You know, I'll, I'll say this. you you got to respect Denver's defense, right? But the fact is, you can beat Denver's defense. And here's the advantage that you got as an Eagles. You got Denver, who's having just played on Monday Night Football, now having to come over and play the early game, coming from their mountain time zone, which is a two-hour difference at this point in time. And and you're going against, with potentially Brock Osweiler. So how many drives are you going to sustain on your offense? The pressure on this defense is... There might be tough, and you might have a good game through the first half, right? Because they're 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 putting things together. But the other thing is that Wentz is magical. 
as far as his ability to scramble and get away from pressure and sense the pressure coming, dip his shoulder and get an arm to just fall off of him and then have his body control where they can then scramble out and then use speed in order to then always front himself where he squares himself up to look at the whole field and be able to throw on the run a bullet down the field, whether it's Nelson Aguilar or it's the Tory Smith or whoever. So, and that's what you're going to need because he's going to be getting chased by Carson Wentz. But the other thing is that this Eagle offense, even though it's not an Andy Reid offense anymore, it's still pretty creative in what they do as well. And his ability to stand firmly in the pocket, take hits, and wait for plays to develop, and, and create the time for plays to develop is what makes him a success. And that attrition is going to wear on that Broncos defense if that offense cannot keep them off the field. If they're sitting there at the end of the first half and they only have 10 minutes time of possession, look for the Eagles to just exploit the hell out of them midway through the third quarter on into the fourth. The thing is with all the wide receivers, uh, no matter you know how much the Broncos have getting beaten up on, they have not allowed a receiver over 65 yards this season. Mm-hmm. And this includes Des Bryant having 16 targets, Keenan Allen having 10 targets. Uh, they allowed you know two catches for nine yards to Amari Cooper. I mean, they've allowed one long play, and that was a 64-yard touchdown pass to John. And I don't necessarily say that they're going to do it here, but Wentz is one of those guys. Yeah. He throws it to everybody. So who's your lockdown guy there? There is none. Right? Oh, Zach Ertz is the guy who's going to get the lockdown oh, target. Zach Ertz right. is locked in. But, but I'm saying as far as his wide receivers, he spreads the ball around yeah. to everybody. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he – and again, and Wentz doesn't have to throw for 340, 400 yards because he's throwing for three to four touchdowns. How many, I'm going to look that up. How many times does he throw for three or more touchdowns? It's pretty remarkable – all right, wait, wait, I have to look it up. I can find it for you, buddy. All right, who's first? Three or more. So he's got one, two, three. Uh, but he, let's just say he's got three out of the last four games. Three out of the last four. Um, yeah, he, everyone's on his jock. Everyone's loving this guy. He's got the most completions in his first 24 games in the history of the NFL. Uh, this guy, I, you mentioned his body and his athleticism. He's got this awareness. Um, the sky's the limit. For he got three more touchdowns than he threw for last year. He threw for 3,700 yards. He's on pace to throw for 4,200 4, yards or 4,150. Uh, he had 14 interceptions last year. He's only on pace to throw for 10. And they got a, they just got a new toy for so him. So he's on pace to have 38 touchdowns and uh, 10 interceptions. Let's also remember Jason Peters was lost in that last game. They did not trade for a left tackle. That means there's a significant uh, down rate at that position. When Carson Wentz is pressured, he still has struggled. So now you've got this Denver team who can attack and run zone blitzes that we saw against Alex Smith. That could give him a little bit of trouble. So I'm not putting Carson Wentz in my top five QBs this week. Would I still go out on a limb and start him, sort of like Deshaun Watson uh, against Seattle last week? Yes. But the wide receivers, like Alshon Jeffrey, I don't really want to start him this week. Uh, but like all the receivers are sort of in the same boat. Like, what's their upside? Um, Zach Ertz is the play. We talked about Ajayi and how he fits in. You know, that's going to be Who tough. Knows? Who knows? Uh, the unknowns there are severe. The, the, I mean, the Broncos have allowed the fewest receptions to opposing wide receivers this season. So you're looking at it, and 
The only locked in play is Zach Ertz. Yeah, they, they are the no-fly zone. But look what Kelsey did. So I agree, Ertz is the play. Um, all right, let's go on to our next game. But before we do so, um, have a listen to this. All right, the Ravens are going to be at the Titans. Um, this has excitement written all over it. All over it. It's the last Woo. of the early games. Um, what are you thinking can happen? Uh, uh, let's start with the Ravens. Flacco, is he going to be able to play, or is he still well, in concussion protocol? They said Joe Flacco has no concussion symptoms. So, yeah, I guess he's going to be able to play. <laughs> at least. It, it, remember, he is also getting that 10-day layoff from a Thursday yeah, night game. Yep. That gives him a little bit more opportunity to get back and get healthy. But, uh, you know, I'm not starting Joe Flacco. I don't, no, I don't care. no one is. Uh, he's one of the worst QBs in the league right now. Uh, his, and, and historically, Joe Flacco on the road is one of the worst QBs. Yeah. Um, it, it all comes down to the run game on this team and maybe a Jeremy Macklin. Uh, that all depends on who else is sort of out there. But Macklin, you know, healthy, has started to make some plays. Um, he, he's got some upside against this Titans team, even though Dory Jackson's starting to play better. Uh, you know. Is, is Danny Woodhead going to be back for this game? No. Danny Woodhead is not eligible to come back until November 11th. It's not November 11th. Okay. Yeah, I think what, you just start practicing or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I was asking. So, the thing is this. I kind of, when I when we look at Javorius Haley, look at Alex Collins, I kind of like Collins better. I, I mean, you should. The way he's looked like the better him, runner. Right. He's looked like the better runner, and that's all. Uh, but if they do fall behind against the Titans team, that's... It's going to be game script oriented. Early in the game, it's probably going to be a lot of Alex Collins trying to establish the run, trying to establish their dominance, play a defense and run type game with Joe Flacco or Ryan Mallett at the helm, and then you know throw some quick screens to Jeremy Macklin uh, because the other wide receivers there, Brashard Perriman's just not getting it done. Uh, these other guys just aren't getting it done. But you know, going up against this Titans run defense it isn't a walk in the park. They've allowed just uh, one player uh, to reach 77 yards against them, and that was Jay Ajayi on 25 carries. Uh, other than that, they allowed Marshawn Lynch 76 yards on 18 carries, but that's it. Like, they held Isaiah Crowell to 17 carries for 35 yards, Frank Gore to 49, carry, 49 yards on 10 carries, uh, you know, Lamar Miller to 75 yards on 19 carries. They're, the upside against the Titans just isn't great, especially coming off a of bye week. Uh, so Collins is more of a back-end RB2-type flex play, and Javorius Allen might be the better play because they do allow receiving yards to running backs, but his role hasn't even looked established there uh, in the passing games at times. Yeah. Yeah, they're running like up the gut. They're running like a friggin' fullback in the games when I'm watching them. Like, they just, just seems like they don't know how, what they're doing there with him. Um, that, that offense has just always been, it, it's been in flux. You don't get consistent points. When's the last time you got consistent points out of a Ravens player besides, it was, it was a player, I'm talking about offense, because you had Ray Rice, okay, and you had, for a, a while, you had maybe Derek Mason, right? I'd have to go back. Who Steve are Smith went healthy, gave you pretty good. Right, but, 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 but that was the swan song of Steve Smith. It was like. Dennis Pitta was pretty sweet for a while. 
Okay. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I, we are, I think we, they I, need to have a few more Valverdes. I don't tip because society says I have to. All right, I mean, I'll tip if somebody really deserves it, but I mean, it's tipping automatically. Uh, it's for the birds. I mean, when I order coffee, I want it filled six times. Jesus Christ, I mean, these ladies aren't starving to death. They make minimum wage. <laughs> All right, well, let's, that sounds like basically, did we have anyone we wanted to start there? Not really. Um, so Alex Collins is the best play, and even that, yeah. it's not a lock-in. That's no. Trubs. Well, let's go to the Titans side of the ball, um, and we'll start with Marcus Mariota. They're, these guys, like you said, are coming off a bye. They've been planning. Um, and they needed this bye for Mariota's sake. Oh, yeah, they did. But And Corey Davis is planning to come off uh, uh, the bye healthy. But now they get a tough defense you know, to play against in the Ravens who have been shutting down opposing wide receivers and Jimmy Smith's back to playing at you know sort of career high levels. They're allowing the second uh, fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. They've allowed just three uh, uh, touchdowns to opposing wide receivers on the season. But the way they can be exploited this season is by opposing tight ends, uh, where they have allowed six touchdowns. So may, this could be a Delaney Walker week. Um, and that, that's sort of my thoughts on it. Delaney Walker, and I think you can run with the run game, even though, you know, with Brandon Williams back, the Ravens are a completely different run-defending team. He averages like 15% of his run plays end in stoppages of zero uh, yards, so he's stuffing runners when he's in the lineup. But when he's out of the lineup, uh, they're allowing pretty much – you know, fantasy points at a San Francisco level. Uh, <laughs> San Franciscan level? <laughs> but, I would say. And they're also, the, the Ravens are second best against the quarterbacks right now this year. So they're so, so it's, it's a tough matchup for Mariota, so, but I'm, I still think I have to play him. God damn. See, but this is also going to be, uh, this is one of those ones, wait and see what the weather is too. Because this is, that's what I was telling you. I want to know what the Vegas numbers are, or like, or like the, what the over-under. To me, this has under 30 points on, written all over it. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm going that low. It's gonna be like a. It's gonna be like a. Uh, if one team wins up, it'll be like 21 to to nine, three field goals. That's some like 30 it. points right there. Houdini getting on, getting his, uh, getting his Vegas. That's a high end. Otherwise, I'm, I'm saying it's gonna be like a like. It could be like a 12 to nine game. There, all field there goals. is no line on this game. I guess it's due to Joe Flacco right now. <laughs> but I, I, I'm telling you, you're gonna have uh, definitely two to three more field goals than touchdowns scored in that game. Wow. Okay. Uh, that makes suck up a great play. <laughs> yeah, right. What is your play? <laughs> and Justin Tucker. Oh, Let's we'll talk about the running backs. Hey, yeah, Let's we'll talk about the running backs for the Titans. Um, DeMarco Murray was subject of trade rumors today. Didn't end up getting moved. You know, didn't end up getting moved back to Dallas or anywhere. So that puts you with these two running backs. Uh, you know, still probably carrying it 10, 12 times each at least. And that saps the upside for the other one. Uh, and people who have sort of handcuffed them together, which one do you play? It's probably DeMarco Murray, but I don't think it's a, as big of a margin as it was mm-hmm. before the season. Um, so, like, DeMarco Murray's a back-end running back one, and, you know, Derrick Henry, a flex play, hoping for a touchdown? Yeah. Sounds about right. Um, I like your DeMarco or your um, Delaney Walker call. I think we're pretty good on that one, huh? Yeah. Um, all right, let's go to the Cardinals. Our first game of 
three. This is our this is our this is our dream matchup. Remember, this is our CJ Beathard and Drew Stanton. Yes, I'll let you get going here. The Cardinals <laughs> at the 49ers afternoon game. Sweet. Uh, we'll start with the Cardinals. Um, well, yeah, what was the who's who Stanton? Okay, that's basically rules out being excited about any of the receivers in this game. Um, Adrian Peterson, what do you what do you think he's going to be able to do in this matchup? Adrian Peterson should be able to roll uh, against San Francisco. San Francisco is allowing the most fantasy points to opposing running backs on the season. Mm-hmm. If you look at it like they are allowing David Johnson against them every single game. <laughs> Pretty season. bad. Uh, they've allowed 906 yards uh, in eight games to opposing running backs. Jeez, Let me see. Let's see. Two players have gone over uh, 100 yards against them. They've had uh, two running backs score over 30 fantasy points against them. Todd Gurley had 32.9. Ezekiel Elliott had 13 or 39.9. Every single top running back that has faced them this season has had double-digit fantasy points. Okay, Adrian Peterson, put him in there. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald uh, is probably, at this point, the only guy that you can be playing with any sort of confidence. Well, especially with Drew Stanton there. I mean, this is the problem, right? You, you had already an issue when it was Carson Palmer. Outside of Larry Fitzgerald, who am I starting between J.J. Nelson, Jerron Brown, and John Brown? Well, without Carson Palmer and what we... He, we've seen enough of Drew Stanton over the last two, three years. I'm hoping it's fucking Blaine Gabbard. Because Blaine Gabbard just does not give a fuck. Like, so he, is, he, is there a he possibility? He shouldn't give a fuck. Yeah, this, I, this is against his old team. Let's remember that. Well, I, I, I think Drew Stanton yeah. is the starter this week, but if he comes out and struggles against San Francisco, they, he could get pulled quickly. Real quick. And we saw you know, Gabbard sort of light it up in the preseason in this offense that lets him take vertical shots, that lets him use his athleticism. So well, if, if, if it's Gabbard, I think the upside for all those guys is much higher. Well, it also could be one of those philosophical things. I mean, right? It's a matter of your psyche. If you finally said that it doesn't matter, I just got to throw everything out there and just go for it and, and gunsling and and try to keep. Jay Cutler's been doing it his whole fucking career. No, no, no. But Brian Hoyer's been doing it his whole career too. Come in as a backup and just start chucking the ball, just chucking the ball. I'll, I'll throw it when I'm on Houston. DeAndre Hopkins, you're going to get twenty fucking targets. You know, if he's if he's going to do that, he's going to come in and say, Larry, it's you and me, buddy. You get 25 targets today and we're going to make it happen. You know, Or he's going to try and spread the ball around. Every throw is going to be short, this, that, and the other thing, and then you're going to get Gabbard in. But like, I agree. The one good thing is I don't think you're going to suffer through this game. If Stanton's struggling and throwing, like, completing one of his first eight passes or something like that, they're not going to continue to put him out there. They're going to pull him and, they're going to, and you'll get the other guy. Adrian Peterson sounds like about it. Him and Fitz, that's it. Uh, let's go over to the 49ers side of the ball. I think, you know, CJ's still going to be the quarterback. Not, there's no way they're going to put um, Jimmy out there uh, for this short of time. Um, so it's still going to be a lot of work. If, if you have Carlos Hyde, you're probably playing him at least in a flex type of, of a role. Um, you cannot feel comfortable. With any of the wide receivers or any of the tight end options for the 49ers right now. This offense is just so sputtering and inconsistent that there is, you can't have faith 
for those of us who love Pierre Garcon and everything, the better days for Garcon are ahead. If you want to make the trade, make the trade for the guy who owns Garcon now. Because once Garoppolo comes in, he's going to realize that he's his best receiver and he's going to start finding him on a lot more consistent basis and he'll do a better job of being able to at least extend plays more than Beathard or Hoyer have been able to do to this point. Yeah, I mean, Garcon sort of let down on a great spot last week. But other than that, he's provided a pretty nice floor for you, especially if you're in PPR leagues. Yeah. Um, I think Garcon's still probably locked into my lineup. Uh, he, should, no. he doesn't Pat- have a touchdown. He's probably going to get Patrick Peterson. Yeah, right. That's a, it, and then I, and then you're looking at guys like Goodwin and Aldrick Robinson and Trent Taylor against these secondary corners. And, no, and but this is a great that. week to target Garcon and, and yeah. offer the trade before the week happens. So well, then the guy who's like who, who plays him, and let's say he plays yeah. him, gets a bad week because it's a P- Patrick Peterson week. Mm-hmm. And then that guy all of a sudden is like, fine, I'll trade you for, for you. <laughs> and then you're going to reap the rewards when Jimmy comes in and really starts at least making this offense look halfway closer to normal. I agree. Right? I mean, what you're going to take two steps forward from where you are. You're at ground zero. You have nowhere to go but up. Cool. Let's, uh, my boss told me, that my, my, the owner of my company told me that when I presented my uh, quarterly business meeting. We have a thing. We have a bingo. Yeah. I scored zero out of a hundred on the last one because, like, I had a couple. Yeah, yeah. You have losses. You have hits. Yeah. Or I, I, or I was trying to stretch my goals, but he laughed. Well, I'm going to go one up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Sounds like sounds like your year end review. I'm rolling. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's go to the Redskins at the Seahawks. Um, oh, and by the way, yeah, you had two fucking games last week. Ah, we mentioned. I know it. you did. We but I would say this. We and I had, and I, and I turned off red zone. Thankfully, I had my two TVs, so I'm able to watch both games. Yeah. Thank God for that Houston Seattle game. So awesome. Which, Best if game you did the, the weekend, if you just caught two games on in the weekend, and you caught the Penn State Ohio State game on Saturday, mm-hmm. and then you caught that game on Sunday, your football dreams were fulfilled. Those were two just wow. Games with with everything going on. Yeah, it was weird. They also had those two late games were both on um, major t- television. Right, they were both television. Everybody got them. The, right. The, so it's, it, I don't understand why. So they, anyone that was smart like me got rid of the red zone and had the other TV out next to the other one. Yeah, um, that game was just ruling. It's so so much fun. That's the kind of the future of the NFL with the, these concussions and stuff. If they if they have to, and they're just gonna be, basically make the rules so you can't even hit these guys, and it's gonna be like what we saw in that game. A lot of interceptions, a lot of just like high scoring games. It's Let like me ask you this: because I, I know Stan there, loves it when we like pull things back and talk about uh-huh. things. Like <laughs> when you were in high school, when I was in high school, did you ever play? Which was one of two of the things that we played in, in our gym classes, especially being from Chicago. And you had to play them indoors too. Team handball and indoor ultimate frisbee. Is Ulti- handball the one in the Olympics? Yeah, it's the one where it's like there's a goal and you're like passing the I ball and you're like, like throwing. I it. wish I'd play that. I feel like I would dominate oh. in handball. 
Uh, so I, much fun. I, I, I discovered handball. handball drinking in Russia when I was like 18 years oh, old. Nice. Uh, and it was, I had no idea what was going on. It was the fucking best game ever. It's like a like big nerve so ball. Good. You're not going to get, there's it, not going to, Mueller's not going to be uh, indicting you anytime soon, is he? Right. We don't, we're not going to lose our stack no. right, yeah. to the, uh, to the, to the, uh, Russian We might get caught underneath the Kushner investigation. <laughs> we never know. But the team handles are together to this giant nerf ball. When you, when someone throws you the ball, you can bounce it once, but then you have like a step and a half that you can take. And so you jump in the air and it's like a little, little net. Watch the ones in the Olympics. It's I hilarious. do. But playing it in, in high school was just awesome. I've never played it. Ultimate Frisbee, we play play with a half-sized Frisbee disc. Nice. And people getting aggressive where it's like, you know, where they all the bleachers have been pushed up and now becomes a wall. And someone's thrown to the corner and (laughs) everyone's crashing into that. Okay. Come on, let's move on. All right, back to football. Let's move on. Um, All right, uh, Redskins. You know, quickly before we do this game also... Um, I just wanted to say, um, follow us on Twitter, uh, the Pyromaniac, my handle is uh, at P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one A-C, you can follow Stag Party there as well, and he's at Pyro Stag, um, always killing it there with all the charts you put out and the retweets you do of some of the great people out there, so great account to follow, make sure you're doing that for Stag, uh, join Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Pyromaniacs. And check us out there. Do us a favor. Go to iTunes um, and give us a review and a favorable rating um, there. That helps us out for the news and noteworthy of fantasy football and against other shows. Uh, We're on Blog Talk Radio. We like that. And one that I really also like, a new platform, if you guys haven't checked it out, um, Overcast. Overcast Overcast is a real good app out there for... for, uh, Podcast, so we're on all of them pretty much. Um, I'm pretty sure we are on every single one of them. So whichever one you're using, you should be able to find us. Uh, you're listening to us right now, so <laughs> you probably found us. Uh, go for it. And listen to this. <laughs> we're going to be using aliases on this job. Under no circumstances, do I want any one of you to relate to each other by your Christian names. And I don't want any talk about yourself personally. That includes where you've been, your wife's name, where you might have done time, or a bank maybe you robbed in St. Petersburg. All I want you guys to talk about, if you have to, is what you're going to do. That's it, do it. Hear your names. Mr. Brown, Mr. White, Mr. Blonde, Mr. Blue, Mr. Orange, and Mr. Pink. Why not Mr. Pink? Because you're a faggot, all right? <laughs> Why can't we pick our own colors? No way, no way. Try it once, it doesn't work. You get four guys all fighting over who's going to be Mr. Black. But they don't know each other, so nobody wants to back down. No way. I pick. You're Mr. Pink. Be thankful you're not Mr. Yellow. Yeah, yeah but Mr. Brown, that's a little too close to Mr. Shit. Well, Mr. Pink sounds like Mr. Pussy. How about if I'm Mr. Purple? I mean, that sounds good to me. I'll be Mr. Purple. You're not Mr. Purple. Some guy has some other job as Mr. Purple. You're Mr. Pink. Who cares what your name is? Yeah, that's easy for you to say. You're Mr. White. You have a cool-sounding name. All right, look, if it's no big deal to be Mr. Pink, you want to trade? Hey, nobody's trading with anybody. This ain't a goddamn fucking city council meeting, you know. Now listen up, Mr. Pink. There's two ways you can go on this job. My way or the highway. 
Now, what's it going to be, Mr. Pink? Jesus Christ, chum. Fucking forget about it. It's beneath me, you know. I'm Mr. Pink. Let's move on. I'll move on when I feel like it. You know, I got the goddamn message. So goddamn man, how are you guys can hardly talk? Let's go to work. You guys like to tell jokes? Oh, yeah, Rod, like to tell jokes. Rod Steiger. Wasn't that him? Joe? All right, Redskins. Um, let's start with them. Kirk Cousins, obviously, is not going to be a 49er. Or maybe not, obviously, but probably not. Most likely not it's, at this it's point. It's not looking like a good move for him to do that. Uh, but what can happen for him in this game against a Seahawks defense that we thought was going to be tough for Watson and uh, allowed, what, 39 points? So... Um, can the Redskins recreate this magic? Can this be a shootout in the same fashion? I doubt it. I think the the Redskins probably get blown out of the fucking water. They've sort of kept it close early in the last couple weeks, and then the sort of teams have run away with it on them. They've got no consistency in their run game. It's all the passing game. So if you have to start Kirk Cousins, that gives you a little bit of safety. But, but who? But who do you have in the passing game? Because Chris Thompson. Running back. Yeah. He's Terrell a, Pryor, non existent. Vernon Wright. I mean, Jordan Reed hobbled, right? Probably so, not even likely to play this week. Exactly. So it's like Vernon Davis and Chris Every guy Johnson. I play in FanDuel, I get the cue on. It's like, oh, they're gone. Oh, I, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> if Dots, Dotson, he's. He's, he's, getting, uh, he's getting more snaps than he got. Yeah. Uh, but. I wouldn't play him against Seattle. It's not consistency, Seattle. not against Seattle. Right. Rob Kelly, no, uh, no. Honestly, you're probably your best bet is, is probably Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis, Chris Thompson, Kirk Cousins. If you're desperate at quarterback this week. All right, let's move on. I like it. Uh, let's go to the Seahawks. Seahawks, look, you gotta like what the Seahawks are doing now. Now you got Dwayne Brown coming in. You know, if you can get anything out of your running game, they've got nothing out of their running game. We also thought that Jimmy Jimmy Graham was going to get traded. Then Graham has a great game. Uh, they probably raised the stakes for what they were yeah. asking for. They're probably asking for like a fifth round before, and they're probably asking for a third round now. And that team's probably backed away from that. But if he can give you some solidif- solidification to that offensive line, if you can get your running backs to gain just an extra half to point seven five yard per carry, be able to create more, extend more drives. Then what we're, we're also seeing too is that. Paul Richardson is make he makes plays. Tyler Lockett is starting to make plays. So with those guys out there and Doug Baldwin getting all the attention, now all of a sudden you're getting more opportunities. And if Dwayne Brown is able to help uh, Russell Wilson with protection so he's not getting knocked on his goddamn ass all the time, you have a real opportunity for Seattle. This is one of those trades that they made. Remember, when did their line go to shit when they made the trade for Jimmy Graham? Right, they traded away. Who was it, Max uh, Unger? Yeah. Unger uh, to uh, to New Orleans. So now you're finally bringing something back to this line. You're finally, you know, you drafted all these guys, but they all suck. So now you're finally giving yourself some some base there. It may take a week or two, but I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you this. With this defense that they're going against, which I think is going to be without Ryan Kerrigan, right? So that's their best uh, pass rusher, and who would have been coming off of that side, if I'm not mistaken? So that's another benefit that you're going to have. So I, I really like Seattle. I like what they're doing right now. I don't know that I'm going to trust any of the running backs yet, 
but I will feel confident that they'll be able to get more of a running game going, which then hopefully can lead to more opportunities for these guys in the passing game. But I do expect Baldwin to have a much more of a bounce back game. Don't expect it to be the Richardson Lockett show that we saw last I week. I mean, also, also, Josh Norman back last week. Josh Norman does not travel in the slot. Doug Baldwin plays a majority of his snaps in the slot. Should be a great, great matchup against Kendall Fuller in the slot. I like Doug Baldwin a lot this week. Uh, I'd probably bet on Norman, you know, staying a little bit more towards Paul Richardson and, you know, Breland getting uh, Tyler Lockett. But always play tight ends against the Redskins. Lock it in. Jimmy Graham, you know, top five play this week. Should be locked into all your lineups. Uh, Against the Redskins, you can run the ball as well, uh, but I'm not trusting any of those running backs. It's all about the passing game right now for Russell Wilson and his teammates. Russell Wilson is currently on pace for you know the best season of his career. You know, nearly 4,600 passing yards, uh, 34 touchdowns, nine interceptions, and then getting back on that rushing horse. Uh, you know, on pace to rush for over 440 yards there. So, Russell Wilson locked in, um, and then Baldwin locked in, Graham locked in, and, you know, the other two receivers, I don't think they're highly, highly trustable, but if you're desperate, I can see playing either of them, even if you might get one of them, Josh Norman. Nice. I love it. I'm just reading here as I'm looking at some stuff. Uh, supposedly the reason this is off a different team, but the reason that AJ McCarron deal didn't go through yeah. is the Browns were too busy celebrating the trade that they forgot to call it in in time. You think that's bogus? <laughs> I think you that's the You think that's, that's just a hot that, take somebody's that, putting out there? To, no, uh, it's Tony Grossi from the Cleveland. Uh, he's one of the Cleveland beat reporters. Yeah, and. You know, a lot of people have disputed his claims in the past, okay. so I'm not going to take that one. I did retweet the shit out of it because I thought it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> it sounds very onionish. Yeah, that's true. Good point. All right, uh, so there you go. Good points on who you want to play. We're good with the Seahawks, right? Yep. All right, let's go to the last game of the, um, the Sunday afternoon games, and that is the Chiefs at the Cowboys. This one probably has all the makings for... Uh, a pretty uh, pretty good game. This would have been a great game to be able to watch Kareem Hunt and Ezekiel Elliott, and we're not going to be able to do that now. Yeah. Yep, it definitely sounds like Ezekiel El- uh, Elliott's six-game suspension has been stayed by the courts. He does, all, have, he does no, have a 24-hour, I thought. All his appeals have already been denied. I thought that they still had... They left no, 24 it hours from yesterday. Oh, it was like they passed out? Okay, they, no, no, but I, I, I read it this morning. I thought he had until like 10 o'clock tonight to, to have like a final, final appeal. His final, final appeals have pretty much all been rejected. Ezekiel Elliott's going to be out for the next six weeks. Well, at least he gave you a good last game before. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones. You got him for longer than you ever thought so. So be, be comfortable. Well, now, now you're going to miss him losing the fantasy playoffs. playoffs. What, what, he's going to be back. Six weeks. So what, six games. So he comes back. They, did they have their buy yet? I don't think they had their buy yet. So They did. So, okay. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. So he comes back. 
Yeah, but you're you're missing you're missing the first, the first round of playoffs. First round, so you, you got to make it out without and him. And now you got to now you got to win without him, and you got other teams who probably snagged up uh, your your back. I have a league that you, it's 15, 16 is playoffs, but yeah, and I hear what you're saying. Let's go to this game. Um, right, so, Chiefs, can, can I talk about like my, my awesome offenses? The, the things remember I'll sure. say. Yeah, I I love the play, and I saw the uh, someone else did. I don't know if it was the Bears that did it or someone else, where it was the. The jet sweep, then the fake handoff to the the overthrow of the little pitch to Kelsey, who's like right in the middle. <clears throat> it only gained him like eight yards or whatever it was, but it's just the creativeness that, that Andy Reid uses with guys coming left, guys coming right, shift the formation, do this, move two guys this way, that way. Then after the ball snap, that was like, remember, that was like in the olden days, it was the Joe Gibbs crazy formations that he did before snap. But once they snapped, they didn't do anything. Reed, once they snap, he's got three three guys going this way, two guys going this way. They're all going to cross each other behind the line of scrimmage, and we're going to do this weird stuff, and then we're going to complete a pass for eight yards. It's great. He sets it's, it up. The way, like you guys said. He, but it's precision. He pulls it off because other coaches will do these setups, do these setups, and never ever do the actual handoff to the, to the guy. Never actually try it like, oh, wait, they actually might do one of these crazy things. Um, I love I And love he might run the same set three different times in a game and do three different things from the same exactly. exact set with the exact same motion, with the exact same thing going on. Yeah. And yeah. that's how he screws with teams. And that's how you are able to get the huge, big, Bomb plays that they get, 50, 60 yard plays that they're getting in this offense, which has why made is it so difficult. Like Shula's uh, son, why? Why is it so difficult not to like be so ordinary? Yeah, and figure it out and like look, look at a master at work and and, and because some people are just not, not, not smart enough, and you have to be able to be smart enough to be able to teach guys to do it where they're not making mistakes. Yeah. It's also easier just to be plain. Like, it, it's safer for your job just to be ordinary instead of having Tyreek Hill in the backfield pitch to Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill halfback pass. Right. It's well, much easier. They had an interception on that yeah. one, but I like the creativeness. Well, I like the one. The, this uh, is looks. Gruden, it shows you a million looks. Gruden exactly. was funny. He's like, you practice that play, but you don't. In practice, you don't, you don't practice play, throw it not away. To throw it away. That was perfect. That was the yeah. only thing the same way. I was like, you know what? Every time he throws it and sees if he can connect. But, yeah. Throw it away if you don't got it. Um, all right, Travis Kelsey, pretty... Uh, pretty You're locked in with pretty much Travis Kelsey. You could be locked in with, with uh, Alex Smith at this point in time. Travis Kelsey, over the, uh, over the last two seasons, uh, total games with over 100 yards, Travis Kelsey has the most of any wide receiver or tight end. He's got nine. Guess how many Antonio Brown and Julio Jones have? Seven? Eight. Wow. And T.Y.'s got eight. So Kelsey, a tight end, has got the most 100 yards over the last uh, two years. So and where's Gronk? Gronk has probably only got like two or three. Yeah, yeah. He's, Kelsey is, is about to have hit hit fever pitch here in the second half at just the right time. But he does keep on getting kind of banged up a little bit. Yeah, I saw that time. last night as I, I, was, uh, I was out playing cards and we have it on the big screen as we were playing our cards. And I'm like, as I had him in fan to him, I'm like, yeah, Kelsey! And I'm like... No, I saw him up, but then he came back. He's back. He's fine, but he's... It's yeah, he should have had 150 or 100. The thing is, I don't like about Reed sometimes, is he could be killing a team with Travis Kelsey. Absolutely yeah. destroying him. And then, goes away and then he it. goes away from it. Yeah. And like, hey, Kareem Hunt obviously wasn't working last night. Travis Kelsey was. Like, 
hammer the weaknesses. Like, some teams will run the same play over and over, hammering weaknesses, and it doesn't seem like Reed does that at times. Well, you know, think about it, because, again, it goes to that genius and that creativeness of your offense, and you want to do all these different things, and you would like, wow, I, I, want to, I want to showcase these four or five plays tonight. And when you're doing that, then you all of a sudden go away from the flow of what you're doing, because he's also one of these guys that scripts out like almost the first like 20 or 30 plays that they're going to run uh, because he's going to use them later on down the road. So true. Yeah, Kelsey's on pace for 88 receptions uh, on 118 targets for 1,112 yards. And the most surprising thing is he already has four touchdown receptions when his career high is five. So can he set... Which is crazy because he's always seemed like a guy who could dominate that red zone. Yeah, but it's Andy Reid in the red zone. He he loves to run the ball. But they really seem to let off running from the ball in the red zone lately. Kareem Hunt hasn't been getting a lot of red zone opportunities. You know, the touchdowns haven't been there for him since week three. It's can he get those back going? I definitely think he can against Dallas. But again, look at like who was the ultimate Andy Reid running back? It was Brian Westbrook. That was the guy that he could do everything and anything with in any way, shape, or form, and the guy just performed. Kareem Hunt is, is the next closest thing that he's had to that, but the one faulty part in Kareem Hunt's arsenal is that short yardage game. Because he's that burst, and it's like, get him outside, but it's like, but if you just have to get one yard, where I just need you to get, which means I need you to get one and a half. He doesn't have that necessarily, that, that, that great ability. Now, now look, some of the other greatest running backs of all time didn't have that either. Barry Sanders was not a great one-yard yeah. run running back. Yeah, no, it's true. What do we think about uh, Hunt in this game versus the Cowboys? Is it kind of just going to go be based on the score? Or I, think, like I think it can be exciting for him because if you get him involved, if you do it right, you get him involved in the passing game, you isolate him against some of those linebackers, he can destroy them. You like you like him? Uh, you like him? What about uh, the wide receivers? Uh, we, or or Alex Tyree Smith, Kill. the other guys? You like Tyreek in this one? I like Travis Kelsey. I like Alex Smith. I like Travis. Uh, like Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Kareem Hunt, and Alex Smith. You like, like Alex? Where do you think you put? You did your projections for the Pyro Heat Index rankings. Did you? You got? Uh, you think he'll end up the top yeah, five the, guy? Yeah, more like I think he's QB seven or QB eight. Got it. Right on the fringe. Mm-hmm. Cool. Let's go to the other side. They kind of announced today. Obviously, we talked about Zeke Elliott being gone. They kind of the whispers are that it's going to be Alfred Morris is going to be the uh, lead back. Is that going to stay that way, or is it? I think they're mixing all the guys like. Uh, Houdini's got a late pick in a supplemental draft. He might as well spend it on Rod Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think they're going to use all of them. Darren McFadden's a much more accomplished pass catcher, pass protector than Alfred Morris. Uh, so I think he's got some value in PPR leagues. But I also think, you know, Rod Smith's going to be a guy who gets work in the passing game. He's going to be a guy who's the, maybe the change of pace runner. So I, I think he's got value. I, I think they're all going to get used. But if you're looking for the guy who's more likely to get 15 carries, that looks like Alfred Morris. But if you're also looking for the guy who has maybe the biggest pop potential, go DMC. Yeah. I mean, he did have over 1,000 yards in 2015 running behind the same offense. This line is great. So these guys are going to get oh, maybe only 7, 8, 9, 10 touches, right? Like we're talking about with Kamara or whatever. But wouldn't you rather have those touches behind this line as opposed to... Miami's? Uh, thank you. Because, That's all you need to because know. Because there is that fact of Kenyon Drake yeah. and Damian Williams both out there on the waiver wire and deciding between them. 
Yeah. I, yeah, think, it's, I, I think it's Drake, but who knows? But at the same time, for me, it's like I would rather have a Darren McFadden yeah. than those guys because because but of this offense. Mac was picked has been picked up. It's been I know. held on by a lot of people because everyone knew <coughs> this was going to happen. And if he's available yeah. in your in my supplemental draft, he got taken one pick before me. Crazy. So um, I'm like, oh. who else? Let's talk about uh, you know obviously with Elliot gone. Uh, is, is, well, is this Dez. is where Dez is going to have to step up, right? And again, this is a defense that, look, they picked off a lot of passes in that game against Trevor Simeon. They, they were all over him. But but again, they're a defense that likes to try to challenge and tries to go up and get the ball. That, that presents opportunities. Now, can Dak really... You know, which which is surprising. The one thing that they've never been able to do extremely well with with uh, Elliot there is run play action. Mm-hmm. When you would think that you could make a perfect sell, Dak doesn't run the best play action fakes, so they're not able to do that. He doesn't do the double moves, the double pumps in order to. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do a lot to get the defenders off of his receivers. Yeah, there's no smoke and mirrors. The, the way that they run their offense effectively is that he's handing the ball off to Elliott. Elliott's running off big chunk yards. He's then scrambling and, and either getting yards by his legs or just making the smart throw and taking what the defense is giving him. But he doesn't take a lot of super big chances. Well, now when you don't have Ezekiel Elliott, if the defenses are actually able to slow down and do that to the running game, you're going to need to start using all those other aspects. You better start being able to be better in play action, and you better start giving some, uh, allowing some double moves by using some pump action and play action uh, to, to help Dez be a killer for you because you don't have a guy you can guarantee handoff and get five to six yards every time. Well, the Chiefs are the worst against wide receivers on the season for allowing fantasy points. So that spells, and they don't have uh, their running, their lead uh, back. So that spells pretty good for game script for the Dallas Cowboys and uh, throwing the ball. And they might probably be behind in this game too, right? Because the Chiefs are going to bring their offense into this thing. Who do you guys like? Is it Bryce Butler going to start getting more action? Do you think Beasley gets a lot of the offense? Beasley's a little dinged up right now. Concussion. He's out right now, so that's Switzer who takes his spot. But um, yeah, Bryce Butler is probably going to be the guy that's the next off the bench to probably have to pick up some of that slack. Wouldn't you agree, Stangs? Yeah, I think Bryce Butler is better than Terrence Williams. Yeah, they really started using Terrence Williams again last week on those crossers and just pissing me off. Yeah, me too. It's a death so, right over. Good God. But I'm liking Dez for the rest of the season. Uh, Dax getting a big bump, I think, you know, with more opportunities and. You know, his ability in the run game and in the red zone where they might have to run more of these zone read fakes where he keeps it, I think it provides good, good things for his fantasy potential. I mean, before last week in that game in the pouring, pissing rain, mm-hmm. Dak Prescott had been a quarterback one every single week this season. So he's locked into my lineup if I own him. Um, I think and don't, you think, and, and don't you think that, that for him, you're going to get more running yards out of him this week. So, which is what something that he can do, I think, extremely well. If, if you're going to have to complement and, and make up for the fact that you don't have Elliott, and if, say, Morris or, and McFadden are just not as effective as they need to be, only getting two or three yards and setting you up with third and fives, at that point in time, you start letting him run. Yeah, and he's averaging like seven and a half yards per carry. So I, I think he's going to be very involved as a runner. And, you know, those zone read concepts are going to come into, you know, handle more. But also, 
I think Darren McFadden's the guy who might be a better shotgun runner. Yeah. And, and that's going to give Alfred Morris, you know, when they need to go to those zone right read looks, uh, it's going to give Alfred Morris a little bit of, you know, struggles. Yep. All right. Let's, uh, let's roll over to our uh, Sunday night game. And that is going to be the Raiders at the Dolphins. We'll start with the Raiders. Obviously, the team is, is not where they think they should be. And uh, I loved something that you've always said, Stag. But uh, that, did you love a Val Verde? K-B-I-L-L-Y, home of rock. Now, did you realize K-B-I-L, Kill Bill? Oh, so that was Reservoir Dogs, his first movie that got made, but that was his little... He had already written... He had already written, written like, all these things, so it's like, if I ever get the money, to ever get anyone to let me to produce any of these things. Yeah, he had a good run. Um, Kill Bill's awesome. Yeah, the... Uh, no, I love what... Um, uh, God, I'm spacing his name right now. The guy on, that uh, is on uh, fo- Sunday Football uh, with Dungy and... Chris yeah. Collins. I, I, I just... Hey, I got something for you. I just the guy that, you guys are, like, making me lose my train of thought here. I was saying something. What was it? Mike Tariq. That, 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 no, the other guy. The guy played for the uh, Patriots. What did, you, fuck, what did you say to him? Fuck off. <laughs> um, the, guy, the guy that uh, played on the Patriots. It's, it's in the studio, Dungy and... Oh, Dick in the studio? Yeah, Fucking really. Keith Evans? No. Uh, Steve Tasker? No. He's on the radio. The guy that's on Sunday Night Football in America. I'm, I'm, I'm the Patriots. Never mind. Don't worry about it. Teddy uh, Bruschi? No. This is on NBC, not NFL Network. Uh, I'll remember it. Um, well, let me get this. He's the main guy. No. You're talking NFL Network. Now you're being a dick. Um, all right. But he was just like... He's basically, he's basically caught saying how overrated Derek Carr is. He was just like, Derek Carr is overrated. What has he done to be so put up on a pedestal and be the rich... You know, well, at, at a time, the highest paid player. And uh, I love you can't, it. You can't... Rodney Harrison? Harrison? Yes. Harrison. Oh, Rodney Harrison. Rodney Harrison. Western Illinois guy. Yeah. But you can't bitch with guys who are the highest paid guys. Stafford was the highest paid he guy. Is, now. is he still yeah, at the... I thought, the I thought, oh, he got an after car? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's the highest. Which, and he's got... It's just a matter of where the team is structured, how they're going to have to keep you if they're going to do it. And no, I got you. But it's more about just like, hey, this guy's overrated. Right. And, 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 and we all should agree quarterbacks are overpaid. Yeah, well, and the, and Derek Carr seems to be overrated. He's he's not not controlling the ball, and he, he's just not doing his thing. We we talked in the preseason. About you and I are getting yeah, crow we're on this one. We're even crow, know. dude. Where's Derek Carr? I mean, obviously he's, he missed uh, he missed yeah. one game or no? He, he was uh, yeah, well, QB seventeen. Let's move on. What do you guys think in this matchup? Dolphins. Derek Carr is he going to have his uh, his game of the year? Uh, under the shiny bright lights, or and where is Amari from the blow up game back from after nothing to got a little more attention, but still was just a whole hum like sixty yard performance. I think Amari. I, I think this is a great game for the fucking Raiders. If they can't get it done against the Miami Dolphins, who are obviously reeling, you know, sort of blowing it up on offense. Uh, you know, they're playing. How are they going to play? Are they going to have to be a little bit more of an air it out team, and that gives their defense chance for turnovers, and then in turn gets their team in good spots? Is Jay Cutler the ball giver away or going to be back? Uh, the ball giver away. Do you like that one? I do. Uh, I do. Uh, very well. Apropos, what else said? 
if all those things are happening, Derek Carr and this team should be in great spots because we know that this team has to flow through Derek Carr because this Marshawn Lynch experiment has you know greatly, greatly failed. And they were probably better last week without him than they were with them. So I think these were. other guys like Jalen Rashard and DeAndre Washington are going to be highly, highly used for the rest of the season. I think I've actually got DeAndre Washington ranked higher in my rankings. Hmm. Like, I think, you know, I, I was on it all offseason and Marshawn Lynch was fucking overrated. Yeah. But now that we've seen it play out for half a season here and he's not getting bloody touchdowns like Latavius Murray was getting – what value does he have getting you, you know, 14, 15 carries for 50 or 60 yards? Five and, points, five point six points yeah, a week. <laughs> like, he's in, like, Frank Gore territory, but not as consistent. No. And doesn't give you the receiving yards that at least Gore gives you. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah, so, now, he's been a, one of those, right there with Gillisley, is, is that one of those kind of four or five round busts that it's not going to turn around for, for uh, Marshawn? No. But what, what about Crabtree this this week? You like Krabby Patty? You like uh, I like Cooper? them both. I like Crabtree and Cooper, and I even like Jared Cook. And you like Cook, yeah. It, it, look, the Dolphins. The Dolphins are a team that pretty much. Where's the Dolphins the, are a team that shouldn't have four wins. Where's the pressure coming from on the quarterback? They don't put a lot of pressure. You basically, have one guy on that team, Wake, that can create pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dominican Sue is not what he was when he was on the Lions or anything like that, so you're not getting that middle pressure up front. You have Kiko Alonso, who's a good linebacker, but he's basically a chase the linebacker, so he's making the plays five, six, seven, eight yards down the field. So yeah. it's like he puts up a lot of tackles, but it's not like they're Erlocker in the hole tackles. Huh. So, um, and you don't have really any impact players on that defensive secondary, so they're exploitable. Yeah. Yep. It seems like they're pretty much middle of the road across the board on defense. A little bit higher end for running backs and wide receiver in points allowed, famous points allowed. But yeah, I agree. There's there's no reason not. It seems like one of those games where in the big lights, the Raiders know they need a win. It could be destruction, and everyone's back. Well, look, you got it's it, good again. Well, let's flip it over to the other side yeah. because what are the Dolphins bringing to the table now? You got rid of JHI. You're throwing out Matt Moore, right? Um, Maybe he's going to be back, back for this one. Well, so. after that stinker Matt Moore put up on Thursday night, all of a sudden Cutler's the cutest guy in town again. <laughs> yeah, right. But you, you're giving, and we've seen Cutler here in Chicago when he has no uh, support around him, which is basically what he has. Is Devontae Parker going to be back for this game? Uh, Devontae Parker is the guy who's likely to be back. Okay. So he it, was running in the game before the game last week. Like, but they, they were just like, we, we this team really might have to be a little bit more of an aerial spread it out team without JHI. They're going to have to be. Because, you know, you're looking at Devontae Parker, who's probably their best weapon on the outside. Kenny Stills has shown rapport, uh, you know, with Matt Moore if he's in the game. And Jarvis Landry. Has 80 fucking targets but, in seven fucking games. He's on pace for 186 targets and under 1,000 yards receiving. Do you want to know what, though? He's going to be over. His target share is actually going to go up now. Don't fucking say I'm that. I'm saying that. He will, get, he will have 210 targets. Oh. He will have 1,100, no, 1,020 yards on the end of the year. Here's how he does it. Because now that they don't have a Jai, now that they are... Extension of the run game. Exactly. And he's going to get target after target after target at four or five yards. 
But besides the last game, that stinker on Thursday where they didn't score a point, the pre- previous three games, he, he, was, pretty he, was, good. Doing, he was doing all right. He all got because the of touchdowns. Yeah, I know. Got the end zone. We allowed me to trade him for Allen Robinson in a dynasty league for next year uh, and get a second-round draft pick out of it. Like, nice. I squeezed everything I could out of that one. Smart. Yeah, Jarvis Landry is averaging under five yards per target. The NFL average for every single running back who has a target is 5.78. <laughs> pretty bad. Like, it's... Yeah, they're basically going to use him as the running back. You guys are right. That's crazy. It's a good time to actually... Good for PPR. Yeah. Oh, you fucking PPR people. Jarvis, people on the Bears, like, my friends are all Bears fans. They're like, we need to trade for Jarvis Landry. He's fucking terrible. What would Jarvis Landry be without 150-plus targets? I guess not much. Uh, so who else does uh, is that shitbox tight end in there? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even remember his friggin' Julius name. Thomas. Yeah, Thomas. Um, yeah, so you don't want him. So it's it's interesting. I think right now you got to be looking at the Dolphins. There's a lot of question marks. Uh, Gase is pissed, making some statements, and uh, it's hard to feel too much confidence going into a week with. Uh, any anybody uh, playing from that team, so I would almost just wait and see. Uh, in these kind of situations, maybe Cutler does come back, and they're flinging it around, and all of a sudden it looks all it looks like a, shy, a nice smelling piece of poo, and every, everybody's back and wow, that trade the Jai was the best thing ever. But no, uh, yeah, I won't believe it until I see it. Um, all right, before we go to our last game, um, do me a favor and help us uh, support the show and listen to this. Monday Night Football, the Lions at Lambeau to play the Packers. Whew, let's start with the visiting team, the Lions, and Mr. Stafford. What do you guys got to say? Think you could? Uh, is this going to be a good game for him? Or start with anyone you want to Well, here, my, my main concern is this. I'm trying to figure out what the hell is going on with the running back situation there. Because... We just talked about DeAndre Washington. Well, now we got another D Washington, Dwayne Washington, who all of a sudden started coming in and taking carries away from Abdullah. And then we saw in the second half of the game last week, all of a sudden Theo Riddick basically coming in and becoming the running back that they used for the majority, about 80% of that second half. So people who are Abdullah owners, um, Riddick owners, which I'm, I'm both in different leagues, and I'm almost thinking, okay, in my in my other league, deep league on the on the supplemental draft, do I need to pay attention to Dwayne Washington now? It, did something happen where all of a sudden Abdullah was was crescent, was uh, ascending up, and then all of a sudden they just started taking carries away from him, and he didn't even fumble. But he just does. It never looks like he gets anything done. And I, the eye test on him, they I've must never, not have the faith in him either. I've never seen. I don't think I've ever seen like a great play by him. Maybe I mean I don't watch every. There was one thought. last year before he got hurt in game one. It was like a forty-yard yeah, catch yeah. and run. I do. He had another one against the Bears two years before. I just never before. see it. It's like whenever I'm going, like, like I would, if I was a coach, I'd do the same thing. Yeah, he's got three plays in his career. Yeah. <laughs> um, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, the running back situation is tough. Like, right now, you can't feel confident in any of them. You know, uh, they were talking, Jim Bob Cooper's talking about how there were things he needed to take off out of the offense that weren't working. Uh, and, yeah, it looked a little bit better, but not to a great level. But Marvin Jones looks to have sort of reestablished himself. Uh, Kenny Galladay can't get back on the field, so you're looking at Golden Tate and Marvin Jones. Uh, and the other Jones, 
TJ. TJ Jones? Was, yeah, I, I don't know how much I could trust him. You're not, you can't. But, but this is the point of if you're a Galladay person and you're trying to hold out hope for him, it's not, I don't know where his role is really going to fit in at this point in time either. He's been out for so long with the hamstring yeah. injury that it must be some serious hamstring action. I mean, it's not. And, he's, and he's, for explosive players, that's the worst thing that you can have. Exactly. Didn't let and happen. I mean, look, Golden Tate's been dinged up too, but at least he's able to play through it. He's not that explosive, explosive guy. And Marvin Jones, last week, he looked great. This was, you know, but again, it was one of those ones where you could kind of pinpoint that it was he was going to have the better coverage on the, in that game. But. He, but Jones does it in spurts. Stafford, uh, six times in NFL history, has a uh, quarterback thrown for over 400 yards and not uh, gotten a touchdown. Stafford's done it twice. Yeah. The four, the four other times it was done were over 20 years ago. That's unbelievable. But those, there was a couple drop passes in that game, so he he wasn't getting help by someone. He had two touchdowns that were dropped on him. Uh, so I feel bad for Stafford in that regard. But yeah, 400 yards, no TDs, yikes. Um, let's talk about uh, Ebron. Not moved. Ebron's, you know what, this had is his best play of the year. But yeah. And are you going to be able to build on it? Look, they're stuck with him now, right? So he's going to get some opportunities, but he's just going to give you the complete inconsistency that he's given you beforehand. I just don't see a turning of the corner because what else has changed in this offense that's going to allow him to all of a sudden take that ascension? Is it all of a sudden that teams have to really focus on the running game and now you have opportunities for Ebron? I don't see that. No, no. And, and other than that one nice play he had, didn't he drop two balls? Yeah. Um, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think? Any other players were I mean, the best about? Pl- the best play of the day, the best Halloween costume of the day was somebody wearing an Eric Ebron jersey with bricks uh, as on their gloves. That's good. <laughs> that was pretty good. Did you guys see? Speaking of that one, did you guys see LeBron's uh, costume? All I want to know is that LeBron was wearing a dress, and I want that noted on the record. What is that? His real forehead? Oh my god! Is that his real forehead, or what's going on there? LeBron Pennywise. It's literally as scary as the real Pennywise. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's crazy. Um, all right, so yeah, take. Ballin came back from an injury early. People thought he missed that game. So if he's not. Oh missing, shit! He was Pennywise. <laughs> Isn't that oh, crazy looking? That's him. That's him. That's him. Yes. Good God. That's scary. Dude. That's freaky as hell. Oh my God. Is that, that, is that his real forehead? The head is huge. huge. Is that his head? What is? That? I think that's just the size of his actual head. I know. And they had a big like, custom mask or whatever. But yeah. Oh yeah, it, it almost it almost kind of looks like um, Pennywise's uh, kid with Down syndrome. Oh, oh can't let giant that. fucking head. Um, <laughs> you're a dick. Um, <laughs> I am a dick. You are a dick. Um, okay, let's move on from the Lions. It's 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 yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty. Bleak. Let's go to the, let's go, go to the, the Packers. exciting Packers with Brett Hundley at quarterback. Go ahead. Let's just Thanks. close my computer. Yeah, yeah. it's basically uh, Aaron Jones show, right? Yeah, it should be the Aaron Jones show, and that's the most exciting fucking part. Uh, you know, going up against this Lions defense, there's nothing to worry about for Aaron Jones. The only thing you're really sort of concerned about is you know Ty Montgomery coming off a of bye week, getting a little bit healthier. Maybe they mix him in on that a little bit more. Yeah. But when Aaron Jones has 18-plus touches, this guy's gone over you know, 100 yards of rushing in every game. And without Aaron Rodgers, they're a team that's going to have to lean on the running game a little bit more. And they should be getting healthier along the offensive line, which is going to open up even more holes for him. 
But Aaron Jones is just such an explosive player that he should be locked into your lineups against this uh, Lions defense. All right, so let's 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 move forward, and I don't, you know, the other guys again. It's your crapshoot, I think, right, with the wide receivers and everything at this point in time. I want to know Aaron Jones long term. Is Aaron Jones the guy that the Packers are going to feel confident in to say you're our guy next year? Or is he going to be the guy they're going to say, you're the starter right now like Paul Perkins, and then they're going to bring somebody else in? You well, I, I still think Ty Montgomery is given more that you've seen more. I think Ty Montgomery is still going to be around. But this is all going to depend on who's the coaching staff. So maybe that's the best thing. Ty Montgomery stays around. Aaron Jones has already established I mean, himself. Like for once, remember, this team drafted multiple right, running Jamal, backs Jamal, this year. Right, Jamal Williams as well. They drafted yeah, three and, right. and added the guy as an undrafted free agent. Yeah. Like, this isn't a team that next year is suddenly going to start spraying fucking assets on running backs again. Yeah. You've already sort of got a couple years into this group now. So, so at least this is what I'm talking about for dynasty people. So, dynasty people, if they wanted to look at Aaron Jones. High end RB2. Okay. That's. I would take that. I mean, the guy, I mean, looks, for a guy that looks was uh, off, the, off the scrap heap, I mean, that's pretty damn good. He looks freaking great. Yeah. Um, you should have drafted him. What's that? <laughs> I said, you, if you were listening to me, you would have drafted him. You would have picked him up off the scrap heap. No, I agree. Uh, I, true. I, I had him drafted in my one league. Uh, I paid in an auction. And after, like, like, right before he blew up, I had to, like, fill a roll. And I had an injury, and I dropped him. Oh, and then, um, but it's okay. Right. He'll be he'll be a free agent next year because he got picked up for like twenty five bucks. Though. So Jordy Nelson, you're scared to play him, or is he still? You still I mean, I still think you're playing you're Jordy. Playing I think you're playing Devontae Adams. You're fading Randall Cobb. You're fading Martellus Bennett, who now announced on Instagram that the last eight games of this season are likely to be uh, the last games of his career. Wow. Uh, so it looks like it could be a swan song for him. But right now in NFL action. In real games that aren't preseason, Brett Hundley's completed under 50% of his passes uh, and just hasn't put together a great showing. He has one touchdown to five interceptions. You look at those guys as, okay, it's like Mike Evans going up against uh, Sherman. Okay, I got I to gotta temper my expectations. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's the rest of the year. For the rest of the year. Rest of the year. Um, all right, guys, that's a good show. Good to be back in the same room talking fantasy football. Um, next time I'll be cracking some Valverde's. I'm trying to trying to hedge back my Valverde intake because of hangovers the next morning, and I'm trying to lose a little weight. Um, and we love you guys. Thanks for joining us on this journey. It's friggin' week nine, and this was having a good time in week nine. Go out there and skull fuck your opponents, and uh, listen. Uh, thanks for listening to us. Keep out um, in, uh, on pyromaniac.com, checking out all our, our talent. We're actually be putting up a cool little new piece uh, this week. Uh, Stags does these awesome fucking charts that he just goes nuts with on his Twitter account. And um, we're going to start putting them into a piece later on in the week uh, just because they're there. And uh, Houdini, this is this is that Scrabble random name, three names mountain, put together. Mountain Mocha Kilimanjaro. And get ready to enjoy Yellow Soul Force. Mountain Mar- Mount- Mountain Mocha Kilimanjaro. It's like, name something you can see in the distance, 
Name the last thing you drank, and name the place you really want to fucking climb. Literally, they name the like, next Scrabble. The Twelve, the whole band <laughs> name Scrabble, and they just grab names randomly, put three in together. Like, there we go. And it's also going to be the next uh, best coffee being sold at uh, Starbucks near you. True, true. So uh, enjoy Yellow Soul for Soul Force parts two and three. All right, thanks, oh guys. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> two and three, motherfucker. Six minute stags. Get oh. into it. <laughs>
just saying you gotta respect the Japanese funk band. And that's why it's Yellow Soul Force. Parts two and three. Hey, they're calling it out on their own. I got you. You gotta love it. And we're gonna close out with the awesomest scene about Madonna from Reservoir Dogs. Let me tell you what like a virgin's about. It's all about a girl who digs a guy with a big dick. The entire song, it's a metaphor for big dicks. No, I mean, it's about a girl who's very vulnerable. She's been fucked over a few times and then uh, she meets a guy. Whoa, 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 time out, Green. Oh. Tell that fucking bullshit to the tourists. Oh, who the fuck is told? Like a virgin's not about some sensitive girl who meets a nice fella. That's what True Blue's about. No, granted, no argument about that. What's True Blue? No, you ain't heard True Blue. It was a big ass in from Donna. I don't even follow that touch in the box. You didn't even True Blue. Yeah, so he was saying her. You know, what I asked is, how's he go? Excuse me for not being the world with Madonna. Personally, I can do without her. I used to like her early stuff. Borderline. When she got out in that pop and don't preach phase. I can do that. But you guys are, like, making me lose my train of thought here. I was saying something. What was it? Oh, Toby's that little Chinese girl. Who's the last name? What's that? That's an all address book I found on a coat I haven't worn in cold age. What was that name? What the fuck was I talking about? So True Blue is about a guy, uh, such a girl that means a nice guy, but like a virgin with a medical for big things. Okay, let me tell you what like a virgin is about. It's all about this coos. Who's a regular fucking shit. Now I'm talking morning, day, night, afternoon. Dick, 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 dick. How many dicks is that? A lot. So one day she meets this John Holmes motherfucker, and it's like, whoa, baby. I mean, this cat is like Charles Bronson in the Great Escape. He's big in tunnels. Um, and she's getting this serious thing at you. And she's feeling something she ain't feeling since forever. Pain. Pain. Chew, Toby, chew. It hurts. It hurts her. It shouldn't hurt. You know, Chrissy should be rubbing up by now. But when this cat fucks her, it hurts. It hurts just like it did the first time. You see, the pain is reminding the fuck machine what it was once like to be a virgin. Hence, like a virgin. Wow. Look at What the hell do you think you are doing? You're my boat. I'm sick of fucking here. Joe, I'll give it back to you when we leave. What do you mean when we leave? Give me it back now. For the past 15 minutes now, you've been droning on about names. Toby. 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 Toby Wong. Toby Wong. Toby Wong. Toby Chung. Fucking Charlie Chan. We've got Madonna's big dick coming out of my left ear. And Toby the Jap. I don't know what. Coming out of my right. Give me that book. 